ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. That's the end of the show. We're all done. Everybody go home now. We didn't bring anybody else along with us. Or did we? We're not going to introduce them in a a second here. Or Or did we? Oh, I forgot. Oh, we have two guests uh, because the Powell clan runs deep. Uh, You've actually seen and or met them before virtually. Uh, Two of my sons both Matthew and Christian, not in any particular order. I just happened to look and see their faces. So if it was the other way around, so I don't have a favorite, just trying to remind my daughter, I don't have a favorite, but uh, they're, I'm very proud of them. I can't say it enough. Um, They have amazing hair, obviously. And um, they're, they're just the hair game. Are we on screen? Does this mean we're on screen? Yes. It means it's, (laughs) are we doing this? No, um, so I'm I'm really glad that they they, they came back. I, actually, Christian mentioned some stuff last week that kind of made my ears perk up. I'm like, huh, that's interesting, and, and I don't really think of it that way, or nor did I have that perspective. So I think it'd be dope to kind of have uh, some some like I, I what's the word I'm looking for, Chris? Uh, some public public uh reconciliation no <laughs> Re- public debate public, public discourse. discourse yeah reconciliation clean your room um <laughs> so, that's how we reconcile Move your mic. um <laughs> so it's it's great to have a different point of view and like uh, as i've always said like i try to make sure i'm not ignorant to a lot of issues so i will go and explore them because i think that's the right thing to do i'm open to a lot of opinions and whatever my kids are the same way, so I'm proud of that. So hopefully, as they get older and as they, you know, have more encounters with more people, that we can carry on that tradition of actually trying to have honest conversations with people. I think it's important. So, Chris, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy to be back. I had so much fun uh, last week or last episode. Yeah. I don't want to say exactly. <laughs> and, and Matt, we're glad you're hanging out with us also. Thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, my our technology is better this time. Yeah, <laughs> things are, seem to be working out great. And speaking of technology, we've got friend of the show, Fire Guy Joe. Joe, how you doing, bro? I don't know what you mean by technology, because last week when Chris got shut off, that was great. It was the only time he's ever not talked in this entire podcast. Well, it's too bad that Joe had to leave us this evening, but it was nice to see him for a second there. Yeah. His internet crashed, Joe. No. So uh, with, with that, uh, we have a couple things in our, one of our favorite topics. So Chris set it up, bro. Oh, I wasn't ready at all, but I'll get there. What's up, Joe? Good to see you again. Pop culture. The talent of Chris Smith, and speaking of Chris Smith, the only reason he likes his next topic is because the titular character <laughs> shares the same name. And we could be talking about nothing less than peacemaker yeah. so chris and joe you watched that crap too <laughs> what you didn't i did yeah but i'm just, so just i'm just gonna shit on it stop because... hating like you just admitted that he's better than michael bay 
So it's fine if you can say, like, Peacemaker's a decent show. Like, you can say that. And I'll sit here and say, it's decent. Decent? Decent isn't, doesn't even come close to describing the brilliance that is James Gunn in this critical masterpiece. Yeah, just give it a B. Give it a B plus, and then watch me. Just, no. Um, I like C plus. It's gotten better and better, and it's kind of. I mean, I, I felt the show building in the first couple of episodes. Obviously, they released the first three, and now we've had four and five. Uh, I've already rewatched one, two, and three multiple times. Um, You're such a fanboy. No, no, no. You just did that to see John Cena in his tidy whiteies. No, not or John Cena, <laughs> or John Cena with no pants. No, on. Like, I'm not sure what. So, you... okay. First off, I watched the first three episodes like in one night, and then the next day I went back. I watched the first one again. Then I watched the second one. Then my wife had watched. We watched the first one together, but then we hadn't watched the second one or third one together. So she wanted to watch the second one, so we watched that, and then we watched the third one together. So, yeah. So what you what you, yeah, so what do you so you like this show, Joe? What do you think about it? I dude, I have an Evil Dead um, pop vinyl. I have Ash Williams from. Um, oh, you have one too. That wasn't my question. No, I know, what but he's it, getting to it. But my point is, I if I love that show, then this one's right up my alley. Like it is okay. cheesecake, a hundred percent. And just and and to see how balls of the wall John Cena as an actor is getting. And keep in mind, th- this guy. I felt for a while now peaked in the Marine back in the day. Ooh. I thought that was his best acting ability. And then he, and then in the last movie was uh, suicide squad. I was like, okay, okay. Maybe he's got some comedy chops to him. Cause I mean, if anybody remembers mad TV, he would, you know, he would be a guest star in there quite frequently. And he'd always, uh, but that was like he, late years, mad TV. That was like, yeah, yeah. After Will Sasso, who basically that, that's my, died that's where my on brain that is show. all the time though. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I love it. I don't I don't really have much in the way of a problem with it because the way I see it, you know, DC is such fertile ground to do whatever they want because they've already messed up their canon so horribly. So just do what you want, and they're really leaning into it, and it's, it's comedy. It's just good, solid comedy for me. And Eagly so is the I'll, best. Just, just I'll say down. this. I, I think that one thing that I, that I give, like, a, a lot of latitude for is, like, HBO Max because it actually allows DC to bring some more... Uh, life to the characters. Um, I was skeptical about uh, Titans, but it's bananas. I'm growing to enjoy Peacemaker more because the story is starting to flesh out, like you said. So I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just saying, like, it just starts off really wonky. And, um, yeah, so we'll enjoy, I guess we can enjoy Peacemaker. I don't hate it. I do. I think if it was... Anything, if it was anywhere else aside from HBO Max, they wouldn't have had a chance to make the show grow. I don't basically. think they could have made this show anywhere yeah. else. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, the whole storyline, not even just the storyline, but, like, the subject matter itself because he's such a violent motherfucker. Like, how do you do that on, like, CW in a PG-rated, you know, like, you just turn all the blood into flowers or, you know, like... That would be Deadpool, sir. Yeah, that would be. Uh, or Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. So, uh, you know, Peacemaker, thumbs up. I think it gets a, a strong... Like, I'm watching it every week. So you're week, saying it's like a and B. I'm not, it's a str- yeah. It's a yeah. Go fuck like yourself. 
I'm just kidding. I I think my <laughs> season I think my season two, if they continue to grow the story, I think I'll enjoy yeah. it more. I, I mean, yeah, uh, that's what I'm hoping to. Like, I figured first season they gotta kind of lay some of the groundwork that wasn't. I mean, because it's not like they gave him a ton of establishment in the Suicide right. Squad, but. So hopefully, yeah, like season two will be that because that's where shows typically kind of take off. Like season two of The Office, fantastic. Season two of Parks and Rec, fantastic. I hope it just doesn't end up like um, Ash vs. Evil Dead and peak at season three and then get suddenly canceled. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like even Ash, like it peaked, but it had started. I'd started to kind of lose interest towards the end, to like towards se- the as season three went on. That's just because you're not down with the king like me. No, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I used, get, I used to get put. I used to get put in freaking detention when I was a kid because I would pretend I had a shotgun and tell kids to suck my boomstick. <laughs> uh, and all you got was detention. <laughs> freaking school did you go to? So, uh, yeah, one thing I want to talk about is like this. Um, all right, context for me. About seven years ago, I was working at E Area, and I can't remember which one of like this person was on my team, and they made a comment about something like kind of random, and they said they got the information from uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. I was like, okay. And they're like, yo, watch this dun, video. Dun, dun. <laughs> they sent me a link, right? They sent me the link. I watched that video and like two others, and I'm like, huh, it's interesting. And Can I ask what, what? Oh, sorry, keep going. It was like well, seven years ago. I, I don't, are they clipped videos? No, I watched the entire. The, I watched the entire video. Um, and two a, lec- a lecture. Yeah. So two of them are lectures. One of them was like uh, some type of segment, or it wasn't a lecture format. And I was like, okay, interesting. Uh, now, granted, I wasn't trying to have like a. Um, I, I was obviously older than the, the people that work for me, and I was trying to understand the point of view they're they're presenting to me, right? But I was also kind of confused by, like, the the angle of the lecture, right? Because it didn't seem very genuine to me. I was like, oh, that doesn't make like there's some gaps in what he's saying because in the same scenario this doesn't work out. So you fa- I fast forward like to now, and like it, just to kind of wrap it with Joe Rogan. And I think, and I was talking to Maddie about this the other day, I, and Matt made a very good point. So um, my observation was what's dangerous is that we have people like Dave Chappelle that's a, you know, some, somehow has become a voice of a generation on sensitive topics. You have a Joe Rogan that's got 11 million people listening to him like every day, which is insane. So, you know, props him for that. Um, and you have a Jordan Peterson who's, also very influential but then i started to think about the psychology of what they did comedians have this amazing like good and successful comedians have a way of bringing satire to current events and and the world that we live around and then like jordan peterson is a clinical psychologist like his job by definition and what he studied to become good at is understanding human behavior and not to pay, place judgment, but if you look at the current event of Joe, like people leaving Spotify, uh, Neil, what's his name? Neil, Neil Young, yep. Joni Mitchell. They're like, oh, he's doing this and that. 
we're, we're gonna we can always talk about the fr- you know the the freedom of expression because I think both Chris and I agree like that's not the right way to solve that. But it's interesting that these types of people are the voice of a generation, but their skill set could also lead people to believe a certain thing one way or another very easily. But so that's kind of the context. I don't have a bone to pick with the guys because I have the agency to not listen to them or agree with them. But I think it's a precautionary tale of being very aware of the environment and the information that you're, you're letting sit in your head. And Matt's point was, Matt, I'll let you tell me your point because I can't express it the way you did. Yeah, I think to me it's more of a representation of where – the culture is at or society at large um that we look to people who aren't who don't dedicate their life um maybe less i don't know it's weird uh um, comedians i mean i mean yeah i mean a comedian is there to make you laugh not give you political advice or you know um if you're able to draw that from his comedy then i think that's something that's good but uh it's not his position to to be that. So, um, or you know, people looking up to LeBron for who they should vote for and stuff like that. I think it's it, it's a it's a symbol of the time as opposed to like anything that those particular people are doing. I think they're just trying to fill a hole that's obviously there. Um, and so to put to put the blame on them may be misplaced. You know. I. I don't think it's blame. I think it's just, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a warning, right? Like if I look at the like George uh, George Carl George Carlson, I think that's his name. Um, he was a pretty inflammatory George Carlin. Uh, don't have to look that up. He was a pretty inflammatory comedian back in the day, right? Uh, yeah. And in context, the comedy and the thing, like even uh, your your dude, uh, what's the guy who's got the HBO show? John um, Oliver? J- not John Oliver, the other oh. one. Um, Bomani? No. No, he's a comedian. He does like a, a late night talk. Oh, Bill Maher? Bill Maher, oh. right? <laughs> See, but that's your reaction to him. No, I but... know because I've watched Bill Maher for a long time and I just kind of, I guess I like, I stopped finding him entertaining after a while. Plus, I feel like at right. some point he started trying to cater to a different audience, and I was just like, "All right, you know, if that's what you're going for, that's cool." But that's that's not really me. So, but wouldn't you agree that the influence, by definition, of what he's really good at, comedy, gives you a di- like actually sways your perspective on his opinion slightly? Well, sure. I think like. Maybe it's the, in a way, right, comedians are able to kind of disarm you because they get you laughing and thinking about things in a comedic way, right? And then if you have somebody that understands that you can use that, then like that advantage to either do something positive, right? Like I feel like we've seen sometimes from guys like Dave Chappelle where they'll get you laughing about something and then make a really poignant point and it's like, you start laughing at it and you go, oh, shit, that's not really something I'm supposed to be laughing at, right? But you kind of get swept up in the moment, and that's part of part of the point, I think. Um, but then it's I, – I don't know. It's like, I you know, is there an element of responsibility that goes – right? Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. So 
<laughs> I think the responsibility for them is to be funny. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just to bring it to why the I mean, uh, uh, Mar Bill Mar was a comedian. I mm-hmm. think I understand. Rogan is a comedian. Was a comedian. Was Joe uh, Rogan even really like uh, a comedian? He's actually. I've seen um, a couple he, of his shows he, on okay. Netflix. He's actually Chappelle pretty funny. Comedian. But yeah. really quickly, so 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 the whole thing of comedy, right? So let's say we're all sitting in a room. We understand social norms. The idea of what's funny is we all feel this underlying tension of like we know what shouldn't be said. So then what happens is there's this person that says the thing and then we all have this release of tension where we're like, oh my gosh, you said the thing. That's funny. Now, you could say the thing knowing that you're kidding. Like some people are funny because they're making a joke. They're embodying like a point of per- a point of view that they actually don't agree with. Sure. Um, and so, like, let's say, like, the f- pretend racist, Stevens, like a Stephen black person Colbert, that, that is racist against black people. No. Colbert is great. Yeah, great example. John Stewart. Oh, no, Colbert is a better example. And then. Um, that's not a competition. Okay. We all lose. So. <laughs> that's, that's what Colbert right. would say. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so these. So I think what's happening is there's more like the severity of. Thing, so the severity of not being able to say things is heightening. So there's like this PC thing that's happening in the culture where there's more and more that there's different things that we can't say, and how serious it is that you can't say that thing is becoming more and more. Like it's becoming more and more serious that you can't say this in public. Okay, so so we're all feeling this. So comedy, um, we're all missing. We're lacking that sense of comedy and what's funny. Uh, uh, and so these comedians, and this is uh, this is not like a, I haven't thought about it too much. It just kind of came to me, as you named like the different people. Um, so these people are willing to break that law that's becoming like the the univer- like the biggest law that's happening. Hey, BPC, like everything is PC now. Um, people are getting canceled off of the big social media. So, what I, so there, there, that's where you just connect the dots. So I don't think it's the fact that people are becoming PC. I think the fact that the information or what you said or how people react is amplified by social media. People are being manufactured. People are being manufactured to be PC. People aren't becoming PC naturally. It's I, being I forced don't understand on people. That. Yeah. Can you? Ex- um, so, yeah. So, um, so like, if I say "bitch" at the dinner table, and like my and like my parent, I'm a kid, and my parent like. Sp- smacks my hand or something hey don't say that at the table it's like that's teaching me not to say bitch at the dinner table so i think that like that's what's happening like people are getting their hands smacked more in public than they ever used to be and i think that that is why people are being conditioned to stop saying certain things because um i mean i don't know if you guys are aware of what's happening kind of in the universities with or, or even if you hear like the idea of diversity being pushed in uh, the workplace as like a priority, <laughs> and then yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of going all over the place. No, 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 it's I, it's all good. Like I, I, I hear what I you're saying. Hear, like that, it's it's happening on multiple fronts. I think you know, right. like the diversity in the workplace. Yeah, like diversity for diversity's sake is absolutely ridiculous. It's to stupid. sit there and say like we right. need to hire one black person, one Asian person, one white person and then the same thing but we got to have males and like you know to like that's absolutely ridiculous. And I think that's coming from the PC the PC wave well, so, if you will. Like I, diversity in workplace is part of the But PC I think wave. that it's no. more a a push back against what the norm has been which is i mean 
historically, like, if you're white and you're male, forget having qualifications, like, you're good. And, I mean, that, that that's coming from a white male. Like, I just... <laughs> Honestly, like I've I've had that experience to an extent where it's like I I don't feel like I've necessarily had to be exceptional in order to get certain things. And I look at other people who have grown up in similar circumstances, but they happen to have different colored skin, and that's they don't have that same experience. I mean, Andre is uh, one we, of those people. Like we yeah. both had two completely different experiences at E area, and it was essentially all because of the color of our skin. Like. Like I would literally sit in meetings and explain a solution to a problem and watch people completely dismiss me. And somebody would use my exact words and it was like, great yeah. job, Billy. Like what the yeah. actual fuck just happened? I was on, we well, were on a, that, we, were, that's what happened. we were on a conference call <laughs> and I kid you not. I knew the solution to the problem. The person on the other end of the phone literally said, wait a minute and who are you and what do you do and i was like i literally said uh i put the phone on mute i do your mom <laughs> and, and i lost my shit because and chris was like yo you okay i'm like no i'm not fucking okay <laughs> because i just solved the goddamn problem and when, when the guy met me face to face he i mean he's from new york whatever it's not it yeah. wasn't a, it was literally because it, it it happens, and so I get. I, I understand. All right, let me let me let me shape this. I understand why diversity is important to companies, but I don't understand or do I subscribe to how it's being like the changes are being implemented. Right. Exactly, exactly. So that's what I mean by it's being manufactured. So I think that racism is almost natural, and then getting over racism is also natural. So to uh, like to overcome, to transcend your natural urge to probably be like, uh, like with people that appear like you, and uh, to under to understand that you guys are the same is a little bit. E what am I saying? Um. Anyways, so I'm saying that because <laughs> I think that's part of the PC thing, and I think that we're overcorrecting uh, so to the detriment, and that's why. And because of the PC, no, I just have a question on that. So you said that like there's a bunch of stuff you can't say anymore, and I'm just kind of curious, like, what is it that you are not able to say that you want to say? Like, you gave the example of saying "bitch" at the dinner table, and I know that this is like very specific yeah. but is it that you want to say bitch at the dinner table because be that seems like a good reason to get <laughs> your hand slapped at the dinner table like when i grew up if i said bitch at the dinner table fuck if it was just a hand slap like that was slap on the ass your butt's in time out for the next like 15 minutes and you better fucking apologize to your mom when you get back so uh, but that's what i'm like I wasn't talking to mom dad i was talking to you I think, you know, like, I, I guess for me, like, I grew up at a time where um, saying fag was okay, right? Like, it was a joke. You were, like, picking on somebody. You said it all the time, right? It wasn't until I had a gay best friend, somebody that I did life with, who was like, that's a really hurtful term that affects me every time you say it. That I'm like, oh, and it wasn't like him. It wasn't him wait, wait, wait. slapping me every time. No, 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 no. I need to know. Are you introducing this dude as your fag friend? No, I was, was not. <laughs> Why Absolutely are you not. so much to him? Well, not like so much, or but not even like fag, but like saying, but also like saying something's gay, right? Like, oh, that's gay. Hey, but this my is boy, fag my Jim. my point exactly though. 
<laughs> you, you be, because you and him had yeah. a relationship, you naturally stopped sure. doing that. You didn't yeah. need your workplace. You didn't need the sometimes. Well, this is why Peterson yep. to bring it back into Peterson. This is why Peterson got famous because it was there was a government that was stepping in to start to rule out and to force you to say language that was okay, changing. But so it's one thing to have free speech. It's another thing to have. Um, uh, on that specific point, when he first became famous, it was all over the the transgender law that they were considering in Canada at the time. And he was basically at the forefront of it because he was like he had a transgender student or was claiming that if he had a transgender student, he was going to refuse to address them by whatever pronouns they had selected and would use whatever pronouns basically like, no, you can't differentiate sex on a gender basis versus a sexual basis. And so it was like, you know, if you're if you look like a guy, I'm going to call you a he, even if you tell me that I want you to, you know, you, that you oh, want me to call up. you a she. And he basically <laughs> said, like, I'm going to if I if they fire me or they find me, whatever, but I'm not going to do it. At the time, it was basically like it was it, they had even said that the law that they were going to pass would not have banned him from doing that. It wouldn't have required him to address them by pronouns, but it was more including certain uh, like anti-trans language in hate speech. Yeah, from my understanding, his quarrel with it was the mandation of speech. It wasn't so. And there's videos of him out there that say, you know, if if, if a student would have came to me and said, "Hey, it does hurt my feelings," like what you, the interaction you had with your your friend. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, Okay. But uh, no, uh, yeah, <laughs> to where when you have that real person-to-person -person interaction, then you stop out of the goodness out of your heart and not out of the mandation of somebody telling you you can or can't say the words. So, but I think there's a there's a, and there's here's a chasm that I think people are are getting stuck on, right? I think that we could all probably naturally agree that, you know, if we're being intentionally hurtful to people, then we should stop doing that, right? But we amplify, we, we decide and choose, and this is where I kind of like, like you guys are wise enough to actually say, Chris and Matt, that, you know, I, or, and, and Chris too, that I wouldn't do that because it's wrong, it hurts my friend, right? What I don't understand is why, or I get stuck on the fact that we have these laws proposed is because the consensus in society is to be derogatory i i don't think the the laws would come about if people weren't just be being predis you know their predisposition wasn't to be derogatory right. if that makes sense so it's like why why are we having like i don't know it's too you, you it's, feel like the the major interaction most interactions you have the majority of interactions that are had in society are derogatory no, I'm saying the laws wouldn't be proposed if people weren't being derogatory. If people weren't using the differences that are found within us because we have no control over them to, uh, uh, you know, to try to influence like day to day change or what one per one person or group can do as opposed to the other. And it's, so I that's think the other thing to think to remember is that this isn't like everyday life, like walking down the street, your interactions with people. This is usually focused on education and workplace places that we are trying to essentially make safe for everybody because those are such vital resources to living like if you can't get a good education and you don't go because you feel like it's not a safe place for you to be there then ultimately your chances of getting employment 
further down the line are harder. And then if you have an employer that creates a hostile work environment for you, like now you have to go find a new job. I just, I think part of it is trying to get everybody to create an even playing field as much as we can because there is that existing imbalance. And it's, I mean, it's tricky. Like I think both Andre and I have talked about this before that like, we're not here to say like federal government should come in and mandate all of everything that we do. But there's a point where I think it is the role of government to step in and say like, nah, y'all are fucking up and this is how we need to do this going forward. And if we got to put laws in place to get you to understand that, then that's what we're going to do. And I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough conversation. Yeah, okay? it is tricky because, um, I just, I really believe that over time it'll all get sorted out. And I think that our like attempt at solving an issue right now with litigation is uh going but there's to no be litigation litigation is always is always a predicate because somebody said well i don't want to change litigation well, is like then that litigation yeah, is an know, that person so I, I i don't know it just probably is a weird or maybe not an appropriate analogy but I, I think back to like segregation right like if they hadn't made a law that southern places needed to start like end segregation and start integrating schools and stuff the south never would have done that like they would still be segregated today because of the hard i mean at least some places right because of the hardcore well, the, the option are... for my mom the option for my mom she actually went to school in southern pines uh to go to a, a non-segregated school was to go to a private school so my grandparents were able to afford right that. which is so, it's something that obviously not everybody has the oppor- so opportunity the, to do and I think that's the other piece so, of it, especially when it comes to education. Like, in most cases, your upbringing depends so much on the zip code that you happen to live in. Like, the the resources that your county is provided at the state level or that they happen to collect through taxes, and therefore what they're able to turn into the education programs and the infrastructure around you. Like, you're so dependent on that, and it's not something where everybody has the ability to just up and move somewhere else. Like, oh, my state has shitty laws. I'm going to move to, you know, Wyoming or California. Like, not everybody but can they just They should move. Well, they should. I know, and but... I, I want... <laughs> right. Uh, sir. So then we need a government program to help people relocate. Like, you know, I mean, but that's <laughs> does that really solve the problem? I, I no, I, but I I, ab- I advocate for that because I think it's the it's the if we say we live in a capitalist society and which we don't really we have our own. We say we do. Well, we have our own. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is what is the issue that we're we're debating here or, or... We're, we're just trying. We're actually just having this. We're not debating an issue we're just kind of well, talking yeah but so i i think at the sure. core of it you know like where this all kind of started was with people like jordan peterson who i think andre and i feel like on the surface are making an argument that they don't necessarily believe in that it's really more about like i found a way to get attention and i'm going to milk this for all it's worth and that he in particular I think given his background as a clinical and research psychiatrist or psychologist, um, and especially with his study of personality traits, like is in a unique position to try and essentially manipulate people if he chooses to. For personal gain, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that to an extent like Joe Rogan does, but I think he does it in a way that it's like, 
well, I don't know what I'm doing, but deep down, like, <laughs> I think ultimately, like, he knows damn well. Like, I put controversial stuff on my YouTube channel. People come and watch it. And part of the issue, right, is that we've gotten to a point where there's enough people out here who will watch a Joe Rogan episode and go, oh, my God, that's like – that's my mantra now. Everything that I just heard in this hour and a half clip, that is everything that I live for. But part of it is because of the way that he presents stuff. Like, he doesn't challenge the ideas most of the time that are on his show. He's just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. And it's like there are there's times where you can do that, like in a debate, when it's genuine. But I just – I don't know. It's, I think part of it is also where we are right now in society where it feels like there's a real struggle or a battle over – what is the truth, right? Versus like, what is, we, what are if facts we, even? If we didn't have the pandemic, I don't think we'd be sitting in the spot where we have to contemplate these things right now because people had way, way too much time on their hands. Yeah, that's part of it. And <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> we started a whole podcast like, out of this, basically. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people have way too... And, and I think when you have that much time to like... I mean, literally, think about it. A person's working three or four days a week or four or five days a week. Out, out, they go to work. They're doing their routine. Um, they're not listening. They're not doing recreational or entertainment things as much, right? They probably wait to their day off or the weekends. But we said, no, for the next 60 days, I want you to sit at home. And then everybody, like, sat at home. And it's like... Wow, we wonder why misinformation. And I'm not trying to. I I want to be clear. I'm not trying to indict a Jordan Peterson. No, let me be specific. I'm not trying to indict Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan. I think they are creatures that are doing what they're good at, and that is acceptable. What I what I am indicting is the fact that there is a level of, you know, self ownership that you have to decide and like you know, disseminate the information you're hearing. And you've got to test that information because I I think, for example, when like uh, Neil Young, mm -hmm. yeah, he, you know, and everybody starts to follow after him and not, not even 48 hours later, Joe Rogan's like, hey, I just, you know, he does, he's very contrite about his apology. So I'm not, that's why I'm not trying to indict the guy, right? It's just like, guys, we have a problem. We have a, a sincere problem and we are exposing people that may not be equipped to, and I'm not saying you have to have a, a PhD for this, like this, this tooling here, but there are a lot of in, like impressionable minds. It has nothing to do with age. It just has to do with like circumstance. What if is I, the problem when you say we have a problem? The problem is like, there's so many impressionable people, right? So when I, I was looking at some numbers today, like the suicide rates have gone up. A lady that was former Miss USA legit just jumped out of a 30 story building. Yeah. Like just ended her life in New York. Uh, Regina King's kid, 26, you know, kills himself. Like suicides, not just celebrities or, or people of notoriety, but suicides have gone up in the last 18 months, right? And the more we open the floodgates of, and you have on top of that, there is now the increased rom, uh, romanticizing of mental health, where people that actually have mental health issues are probably getting drowned out or pushed to the back of people because now, now having mental health issues is a trend. So I think there is like the, there are warning signs of like, hey, we need to take a step back and be very cognizant of what we're you know what we're doing what we're responding to what we're promoting how we're even debating it because i'm sure for just as many people that were pissed off about joe rogan 
there were like six times as many people that were saying he's right yeah. with no basis. So that's, that's what I'm, that, I, I just yeah. think it's, it's I, a, I think I, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little confused. I'm like, I'm not confused. I, I think, uh, it is interesting that Joe Rogan is very popular. It's very interesting. I heard recently that like, there's 20% of human beings that are just super susceptible to influence. They're super open-minded and whatnot. So I think in a lot of ways he kind of came in and it's he's kind of like riding the wave rather than being the wave. He's never really been that great of a comedian. If you watch his stand-up, I don't know. He's probably cool in person, like he's entertaining or whatever. But he, I don't know. He, there's a number of things that have kind of launched him to where he is. Part of that is the UFC. And part of the U, but then part of the UFC's popularity is because of the at-home at home problem <laughs> that we have. Um uh, I don't think that Peterson is in that. He is in the famous realm, but he's not in the same. He's not of the same elk as Rogan. I understand being skeptical of anyone that's in the public eye and benefiting to the degree that they are. And I could understand how once your bills are being paid by that, um, that like kind of a Candace Owens kind of thing. I would say more oh, gosh, more, yeah. da- more <laughs> dangerous agree. than Peterson. You know, oh, because well if you listen fair. to them talk, they're a little bit less. T- he's a little bit less talking points guy. Then, like, um, he, you could find multiple videos of him saying, well, you know, and I don't know. I'm just thinking about this. And, you know. Yeah, like and, I'm not, and again, again, it's not an indictment. I'm not trying to in, in say he's a bad influence. I'm saying, like, it's there should be a, in, in this, in the atmosphere we live in as a country, as, you know, communities, families, we should be, like, everything should have its own amount of, like, a realistic and reasonable level of skepticism to it, Right. Uh, and I, I don't think people, and I'm not saying like anybody here that where I'm talking to, I'm saying just in general, we should approach everything with a, a reasonable amount of skepticism just for personal preservation. Um, because I don't think that people in general are doing things in a genuine basis. And as I was, when I was talking to Matt, I, I think that I really like, I'm stuck on that. I'm really concerned about the level of how how i'm concerned that people aren't being genuine in their motivations basically well you don't have to be too concerned you what okay you can be that's i think that's like a trickle down effect of what is this and the problem who you don't have to want, be on the fence about if our politicians are being dishonest they are if most businesses are being dishonest in marketing their products and their value actually isn't worth what the cost is they are being dishonest if most people are participating in social media, which is presenting like a not entire picture of uh, not a whole whole uh, picture of experience itself. That is not honest. Uh, mainstream. So media you're telling like me I should CNN, be skeptical. News, no, 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 no. Don't be skeptical about what they're saying. They are lying. You don't have to wonder about if they're lying. They are lying. It's obvious that they're lying. Now, these are mi- if if Hollywood is lying. They are lying. So don't use your energy in wondering. What I'm saying is we've been traumatized pretty much by uh, that experience of having so many of the most, not so many, borderline all of the most popular institutions uh, in America being liars. And we accept that they're liars, not us individually, but as a mass, we accept that they're lying. We understand that they're dishonest. And... um, that is traumatizing. So now we place that on everyone. Hey, is this guy being dishonest? And this, and some people are. Some people have kind of gotten indoctrinated. Uh, Let's say they've gotten, yeah, indoctrinated. But I don't know if that's what I mean. It's like they've we've started to be like fake because of that. More fake than, um, and so when we put it on, ro- what's it? Well, I think what is imp- 
interesting about Rogan, what is interesting about Peterson, um, is that they talk for so long that you can catch them being human for a moment. And that's what's so uh, interesting Explain. for people to catch in on. I don't know. You see someone, even this is a really stupid example, but this, like, like someone will be, someone will sneeze or something. And it's like, it's like you're remembering, hey, this person is human. A lot of these talking heads that we see on CNN, they don't even say, okay, actors, CNN, these two people, these are like the biggest industries in the world. They're not even, or you could even say like mainstream entertainers, like they're not even saying their own words. So they're not even going to be vibing in a way that someone that's being honest is. And we've gotten used to that. We've gotten used to someone that's being dishonest and being good at presenting themselves, um, whether it's being attractive, whether it's even like the psychological effect of looking at someone that's on a screen as opposed to someone in real life. Um, it's there's a lot of little tricks. I that mean, are I happening. made up a word earlier, so like, <laughs> I think I'm. Yeah. I, I am subject to that, that also, and, yeah. and I, I'm just trying to. I want to be careful. I, I'm not trying to indict because I think that um, that's not. I am. Fun. I am trying to indict CNN and our politicians and most of the major businesses in our country, and not like the industries, but certain businesses that are big, Facebook, Amazon. I do think that they're dishonest. I, Hollywood is what, dishonest. What about I Elon do. Musk? I would like. Uh, Elon Musk, gosh, that's another one who. You won't indict uh, Elon Musk. I so think you're, he, you're defending him already. You will not indict indict Elon Musk. No, but well, no, but because there's only so much things we can do with our time, and I think that there are people that we should, like. We should pick on Pfizer. We should pick on other people instead of picking. You, you can't spend all day. Well, okay, but I think that's people. a really good point. Like, you've mentioned CNN a bunch. Thoughts on Fox News. And Fox and MSNBC. Yeah, they're I mean, all they're all the terrible. And they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, same with all of our garbage. politicians. They're all, the, they're all in the same So, but pocket, I so do think that liars. there is an element of what you said that kind of comes back and that we have been so conditioned to expect these people to lie that we now trust absolutely none of them, even if there are good ones among the bunch, right? So, to an but extent, that, that's that, not... But is it... That cries for a level of skepticism. That right. Cries for that's a what, level and, of but that's what I'm of, saying. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to kind of back up what you're saying because I think to your point, Chris, like, yeah, politicians are, in general, right, are shitty liars and they're just telling us what, they, what we want to hear so that they can get elected. But that doesn't mean that, like, every single politician in the history or that runs in the future is a shitty person, right, or that they're only doing it for their own benefit or that they are inherently lying. Like – there are still good people out there, and so I think that Absolutely. we do have to. And that's what we shouldn't lose the yeah. faith in, for sure. There so I think like that's where the that level of skepticism can be valuable, even even amongst some of the groups where we've sure. identified like sure. media news or you know major news media channels and stuff like that. Like, and we don't like the media on the Chris Andre show, although we are part of the yeah. problem. We, it's but I think it's an honest conversation. So the reason why this comes to mind because I don't think that the way that uh, they like in general, Joe Rogan was about to get ostracized by society was, was fair. Right. I don't, right. I don't think it was fair that they tried to use the clips from him and Jordan Peterson having a conversation. I, I just don't, I don't think that was fair at all. Yes. Yeah, not fair. And I think the whole thing about the show is it's not clips. Right. That's what we've been so that's conditioned not, but to. That's not clips. That's like, not the, we, the, the, the point yeah. being is this, I don't think that, in a society that says they want equity, 
in a society that says they want people to be to be given the benefit of the doubt regardless of the background how is it so easy that we can ostracize somebody so quickly and he or she becomes a target well it's now, not easy look at this conversation it, it's not easy we're not going for it we think that you know well, what i mean my, like but but the, but to to the ma- to everybody outside of this conversation and hopefully people kind of like watch it like i'm not sticking i'm not defending joe rogan or jordan peterson i think that the merit of what their points are could be true, right? In some instances, I think that what they're saying may be in their, it could have some merit to it, like to be fair. But I also think that the danger is like, what makes me skeptical is their skill set, right? It's like going up to a Navy SEAL and picking a fight. Well, they're I know way I, more skilled than most of the politicians. They're way more skilled than most of the, I'm sorry. I'm hyped. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's what he's saying. Scares him, right? Is their ability to to the, oh. how much they know about how to manipulate the human. Yeah. I understand that for sure. And I think a certain amount of skepticism should be applied to everything that you look at, uh, uh, along with wonder, uh, just in general. So trying to understand and figure out, as opposed to, you know, just strictly like uh, fearfully looking at their intentions. Um, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I mean, and like I've I, watched I ep- Joe Rogan episodes that I absolutely love. Like, there's been people on there who said shit that I've never heard before, and I was like, "That's really interesting." And so, it's like I don't really, yeah, I don't have a problem with Joe Rogan. I think maybe, and maybe this is to your guys's point. Like, my issue isn't with him; it's more with the people who, I guess, you know, like live and breathe every single word that comes out of his mouth. Right. The people who anybody who comes on his show that says anything because Joe Rogan has given them this platform are immediately given a level of credibility within that group. I agree. And that's a problem on both sides. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the guy that just watched CNN or Fox or whatever and just breathes whatever they say. And then that's the guy that just watches Joe. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. We are. We are. We are equal opportunity. Haters. haters like I, this is not a this is not a partisan conversation for yeah. me. like i have no love for no but injustice. joe and jordan peterson were obviously in the news here in the last like week and so that's part of the reason that they've been the focus of this particular conversation and yeah and i i think that there's some injustice done to them in expressing their views and i think that what should have what sh- the first thing that should have been brought to attention was in where where do we try to pull out the facts of what they're saying as opposed to everything you're saying is wrong and fucked up? Right. Yeah, I, I think we play this gotcha game. So they take a clip and say gotcha. And I think the proper response would be to combat the idea with better ideas. Like Joe Rogan always says, uh, I think we're losing touch with that. And instead they get a clip and they say, oh, well, we got you. And here's the proof for your entire life as this or whatever label we want to put on you which is again done on both sides right i mean like you watch cnn msnbc fox news those guys do it all the time where they cut whatever it is just for the part that they want and it it drove me nuts over the last five years to watch what i felt were previously at least somewhat like reputable news stations sink to that same level that i had seen not so reputable news like programming do where it's like come on guys like you're you're making this worse for us because you're making it seem like you're hiding something when in fact, like you could have just played the whole clip and it's just as damning. 
Yeah, and I, but, and I yeah. think that that's where, like, I think the part of the problem I see in our society is that people have picked sides, just to Matt's point, they, they got you, right? You said this, so I got you, right? When I see this information, whether it's on Google News or Google News or Google News, I will go and, like, look for full coverage. And so that often means that I look at the same coverage of the story from different sources, nine times out of ten. Well, and some of those sources may be like uh, Fox News or whatever, something on the right, maybe something on the left. And then in the middle of all of those stories is somewhat the truth. And But I still don't draw conclusions from what I see, right? I may just still have an opinion of it. And that's where I think people, they skip, they draw conclusions without actually, they draw conclusions by default all the time. Um, from one source, nine yeah, ten out of ten. You you think you know what's interesting about the news? This is one thing that just like a point of reality that I think it's a little tidbit that gives you a, it should spin your wheels a little bit. You will never watch Fox or what, whatever it is and have an idea be presented that says I mean almost blatantly, hey. Don't watch Fox for another second, another minute, another time, another segment. They'll say don't watch CNN if it's on Fox or don't watch, you know, yeah. whatever. They'll trash other people, but they'll never trash the whole thing. And I think that what's interesting about the Internet, um, as opposed to that, is you can, you can be on YouTube and watch a video about not using YouTube. And all I'm saying is that that's the biggest contradiction of like our, our president. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, but we have to be contradicting. Like sure. we're, we're involved with so many different things that you have to do that sometimes. And I think that that's honest and they can change their, they're kind of bound by structure by having to use advertisers. And so they can't say certain things like you're seeing that. That's what I'm actually grateful about the pandemic for because they've made it more clear to me just how much they will be dishonest. And so now I can say, Hey, if you're going to do that with what you've done with this whole experience, then I can just trust that I don't need to pay any attention to you. I don't watch any, I don't watch any of it. I don't read any of it. Right. Like, well, you, know what I, you know, what's fun was actually it's pretty funny. Efficient. It's not it's efficient. Can, <laughs> it's not efficient, but it's pretty, oh, it's pretty, but it it's is so straight un, from the horse's mouth. Yeah. It's so unbiased. It's like the most unbiased. Like whenever I see a video, I'm like, yeah, I bet you this crap's on C-SPAN. No, I mean, not, well, but C-SPAN is, is showing what our government is doing. That's interesting. But you could watch something that is telling you, hey, w what our government is doing is playing a game that is not a, that's not actually going to make the next best move. Right. Like, I, I don't believe that anyone in there is going to make the next best move. And I that's no, I mean, I think so I wouldn't watch. I think we're we're much on the same wavelength yeah. on that. Like. Well, it's and it's unfortunate because it like to be in a point where you feel like you get like it does feel a little bit hopeless, right? Like there's this element of hopelessness that even over the next twenty years, if we try really hard, are we going to get all of the shitty politicians out of our government? Like, yeah, we can. without a purge, maybe not. Like, <laughs> well, well, we're not we doing put, a purge. We, but we Sorry, put them all in there. Mind. Well, no, we did, yeah. But right, so so I think that's what's interesting. And what I mean by we uh, we put them all in there is I think that it always starts at the home. I think a lot of our media has kind of pulled us away from the home. So you can we can develop stronger people that have stronger ties to their values that can't be brought into D.C. You couldn't you couldn't send me to D.C. Let's say somehow I ended up right. a politician, which would never happen. 
you could not pay. I would leave before I do what we've done to certain countries. I would just leave, or, or I'd leave before I pass bills that hurt certain parts of the country the way we have um, historically, especially in the '80s and '60s and whatnot. And so, it would be. So, so that's the, that should be our goal. That and they're not going to figure that out in Washington. How can, or they could be part of it. So, but but fix, Washington but how is. How do you? How do we make better people? Back to the AK-47 thing. We don't need to pass a law against AK-47s. We need to try to create people that aren't going to use them to shoot up schools. Create a law that. Yeah. Need to create people that don't use guns to shoot kids. A few moments later. So, and, and I think. Chris, what you're saying about the AK-47 is true, but I I still think, and we've talked about this before, I've talked about it with both of you, and I've talked about it with Chris also, people get so enamored with the federal government without understanding the impact of the state government, right? Uh, for example, um, it's, uh, gosh, I just saw the news story today. Um, uh, man, first black mayor of Missouri, uh, Kansas City, there we go. Um, they had like two murders of some, I can't remember the extent of the murders, but the mayor said, uh, first black, first black female mayor of Kansas city. She, her statement was, we can't control the gun laws because of fed, you know, people are so married to the second amendment. So the things they would put in place for the community are going to walk all over like the second the, amendment the second amendment and that's how you raise people that aren't you know you know shooting people with an ak-47 but you can't do it because it's married to like the state laws and the state laws people try to you know the states have more power than the federal government but because people stop paying attention to the state laws and they only work about the worry about the federal you put yourself in a situation where you can't control your own city does that make sense? I know that was kind of like a just yeah a, um, a word salad. I, there. But I got I got sidetracked by something you word said. Salad. So in marketing, I remember in marketing there's this term called positioning, um, where it's like who was the well, how did this go? Who was like the second woman to fly around the world or something? Or yeah. some, some some there was some it used the example of like some reason why we remember Amelia Earhart. Yeah. And what you just said about the first black mayor, I think, is interesting. Just at how deep this goes. Actually, it's not, that's not true. Because I'll 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 just end that. What's for not you. true? <laughs> because <laughs> what's your, your point? Wait, Fox I'm, I'm trying to, it's all right, Chris. No. He knows what you're going to say because yeah. it's, because right. that's because I'm an ideologue. Right. things wrong. <laughs> I don't so. I don't believe that we should we should be giving so much celebratory praise to the first anything. Right, I think it's high time that we. No, first is fine. I, I, guess, I guess I just mean we're we're we are starting to speak the very language of the people, and that's no, fine. I'm, like, I'm fine doing it learn. from I, the reason I used that statement was a recall, right? So I'm trying to recall. Okay, in a, but I think that's also to Chris's point. That's right? my point. That it's it not is, my point. No, it's to not Chris's true. No, that's my point. point. The position, right? So they all, pr they, that's marketing. So hey, this is the first electric car, and because it's the first electric car, that sits in your mind. You only have so many things you can think about and remember. That's the first electric car. Boom. This is the first black mayor of Louisiana. Boom. It's Kansas so, City, of Missouri. We're, you know, um, Kansas City, Missouri. And, and, 
Kansas City. I, I guess my point Kansas. is my point is these <laughs> things are bleeding in. These things are bleeding into being <laughs> our a, importance rather than it's it's of importance of the marketers. That's why it's important. It's a branding. It's important to the people that are trying to sell that message. It's not necessarily important to us. So especially especially, uh, well not especially. I guess all of us here. Like I think that it's interesting to watch just how regressive we've been with black matters, white matters. All of a sudden, like like we've forgotten what Martin Luther King's speeches were actually about. We're starting to prioritize race in a way that is just blowing my mind. It's like, how have we just regressed so quickly to where instead of the content of our uh, character, we're back to the color of our skin? Like, that's not one of the more famous people that have ever been in a so, the but public to be, uh, space to be fair, in America. Like, there's, there's a lot more complexity to what was happening in the civil rights movement than what, you know, how you, you know. I mean, uh, Martin Luther King wasn't the only voice. Malcolm X. Yeah, no. Malcolm X. So, he's very famous. He, no, he is. No, 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 you're Malcolm X. Thug. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually was not a thug. I, I take offense to that. Oh. I, I think that I would actually err on the side of a Malcolm X. His movement more so than here. Here. All right. So I want to. I want to. Okay. I think that the the issue with looking at there's two points. One. The people that believe in segregation are still alive. My oh, yeah. mom went to segregated schools. The people that were growing up during that time are probably still alive. They probably still had kids. They probably pass on their beliefs to their children, right? Secondly, I think that for people to use, I, I'm starting to believe that Malcolm X was a more palatable version of civil rights for this country. Malcolm and X was? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Martin Luther King. <laughs> That's a very starting, interesting yeah. take. Okay. Yeah, I should have said that. No, that's okay. I, I'm, starting, I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe that MLK was the more palatable version. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucked, Clip dude. It. Print. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I'm starting to believe that MLK was the more palatable version of civil rights for this country. And that is not helping us get beyond the point of what you're making, which is hurting us as a society. Because I've heard countless people from state legislators and across different states use that same exact phrase to the detriment of non-white people in this country. Yeah, because they're in the government and they're not operating in the same space that I'm operating in. I get to be this honest and I get to implement this in my so, real life. But they don't have that but you, But you're missing my point. You're using a phrase that basically the con the full context of the civil or more context of the civil rights movement when you have the, the opposing views or the opposition to MLK within the black community at the time was Malcolm X, was uh, uh, Muhammad I don't want to, I will not call, well, was the nation of Islam. I'm going to be, I'm going to just draw a yeah. neutral stance there. And, but the more palatable version was MLK. This society, our country has used that more palatable. Like it's like the, you know, how in the black community, it's like light skin, you know, ongoing thing is light skinned black people get more preferential treatment than dark skinned black people. It's no different than the more peaceful route than the more aggressive. No, let's actually have things that fix the fucking problem route of, of uh, Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam. 
it's where we we demonize the the Black Panthers. It's where and they weren't a violent group. It's where we demonize the Crips. In, in the time when the Crips came about, they weren't a gang, right? And so we we live in we live in this echo chamber where we lose that history, and we start to parrot the same bullshit. Start to demonize it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like black and white. Like that's even an interesting thing. It's not. My point is that my point is that we can easily like move past the the prioritization of race and we should ha- it's it's like my point is it's baffling to me how Make we're still babies. Huh, how we're still in the same place where we're saying black and white and meaning it like we mean it like it's a real important difference culture is important culture's interesting yeah, culture and black and white is important. not interesting and it's barely important sure but so like i that kind of brings it back right cuz there was that clip on or segment on Joe Rogan with Jordan Peterson where they were talking about he, race, right? And he's calling black people land of the apes. Well, and I, I, yeah, I, I mean, actually no, had to, I, was, I actually had to go. I actually had to go back and watch the whole thing because I was like, yo, he didn't really say that, did he, dude? And I watched the whole thing and like he didn't skip a beat. So I think, but anyway, like, he didn't get he didn't get canceled for like that. No, because that was before canceled. No. That was before he got that. Ugh. That was that uh, that that early no, I mean, deal. I mean, nowadays I'm everyone's sorry. bringing I'm, old tweets back. So why can't you just bring that back? It, Come on, Andre, do it. Make a movement. He's not important to no. me. Go ahead, Chris. I'm no, sorry. I cut you off. It's just like they were talking about, you know, that like black isn't really a thing, right? That like, okay, if you're black, it's it's like you had to be super dark skin in order for them to essentially consider no, you black. You're, and it you're, wasn't you're trying to be nice. No, he I said am. You I had am. to be from the deepest, darkest yeah. versions of Africa with no clothes and running through the jungle. Right. So in that aspect, yeah. No, I mean, like, right? yes. And so, I mean, so for that, like, he can he can eat a dick, but but that's what I'm trying. Hey, to, should, he, that's what I'm trying to understand, right? Like, no, it's about eating dicks. Trying to understand eating no, dicks. No, it's not a hard concept. Like, race is not a construct Plural? that. <laughs> it's a bag of dicks. <laughs> like, race is, race is not, not a concept. not a construct in my mind that like you know those of us who are here today have said like this is something we all buy into, right? Like it's it is more that condition. We've grown up with this idea that, you know, like we are separated by the color of our skin. And I don't know. I just the I guess like the idea that we're qualifying and I I don't think that that's what they were trying to do, but it came off as like qualifying people as black or not black. Right. And especially coming from two not black guys. That seems like a really weird stance to take. Like, I, I just, I guess, like, I would never sit on here and be like, well, that person's not very black. Like, well, even if it comes, enough, even if it comes from two black guys, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the cultural differences? Or are we talking about skin color? I mean, because this is something that me personally, sure. you, I deal with. So We're talking about perceived value based on your appearance. <laughs> okay. It, and, and then from that value that they extrapolate what kind of cultural taboos they think you would have. And that would that then color guards you from certain um, opportunities. Trust me, I worked in a fire department where the first day there, the the fire chief's wife was like, "Oh, this is a Mexican you hired." Are you Mexican, like, Joe? That was the. F- no, I'm not. <laughs> it's very, very. It, it's, I, I, but what irritated me was the fact that it was like, I was a token hire. They needed to hire one person of color to secure the uh, the grant from the federal right. government. 
I mean, they're right? doing the same thing right now in the NFL, right? Like Brian Flores is suing the Dolphins, the Broncos, or no, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the NFL, basically saying the Dolphins fired him for racist reasons and that the Giants only interviewed him because it met the requirement of the Rooney rule, even though they'd already decided that they were going to hire the OC from Buffalo, right? And so I think, again, this comes back to you have a rule in the NFL that is designed to try and promote the idea that we should have more a better representation amongst the head coaches. You had what? You have one black head coach right now in Mike Tomlin, and that's Mike it. Tomlin. I said, dude. Like, they've hired three of the – or four of the nine open positions, and every single one of them has been a white dude. Like, right. I, it's but, just – I don't know. Like, it's it's weird because on, on the one hand, it's yeah, the rule shouldn't be like you have to hire somebody that's not white. But then you got everybody, like, flipping out because Joe Biden's like, I want to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. And everybody's like, oh, he can't say that. And I'm like, why not? That additional, the, the, the additional qualifier separates him from what Reagan said when he hired, uh, uh, gosh, was it Sandra Day O'Connor? Right. Right? That additional qualifier. So I, 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 I want to say this. I think, and I agree with what you guys are saying, race, it's like, by, it should be by well beyond time that we're not having the same conversation. I, I really, I used to believe that until I started to remember, yo, at the time my mom was like, my mom was like 42 when I had you, Chris, right? I was living in Cary and in Hillsborough in Chapel Hill, they had like for two weeks straight KKK rallies, marching through downtown Chapel Hill and Hillsborough. And I told your mother, I'm like, yo, Oh, we're just going to stay and carry until these guys like let that pass, you know? So I, you know, I, I was idealistic about that when I was 19. I'm no longer, it's like, look, I don't want to have a conversation. Unfortunately, it keeps coming up. Not because I want to. I'm going back to, to what you just said about Joe Rogan trying to categorize black people. Mm -hmm. If if Mm -hmm. I understood that correctly. My point was that we, uh, um, there is no marker of blackness. What they're talking about has nothing to do with race. Y- you know what I mean? So are we talking about the color about definition is, or the the ethnic de- well, definition? Right. Well, well, well. Chris made the point that uh, here's two white people determining what is black or not. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the the statement of you'd have to be in the woods naked. Da, da, da. Right. Okay. And then he also added on even and this is not coming from two black men. And my point is to say that. If it were two black men, what would they be talking about as blackness? Like that. that kind so, of- and then we get to Joe's point of, of perceived value and stuff. Now, my point is that to try to solve this using race is the wrong solve because you're not actually talking about like skin color. You're not talking about race, actually. Sure. Um, uh, so I just think you're, you, we're, we're formulating the problem incorrectly, and then we don't have a solution to answer the problem, the real problem. I mean, that's a fair point. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess my that's a good my point. comment on the, the race question. there was what really didn't – it doesn't provide any difference to the conversation, right? The fact that there happen to be two white guys doesn't necessarily – I think it's probably yeah, more it in the yeah. historical context of things that it starts to – feel like it's a it's a repeated pattern right um and then there's probably a whole bunch of white guilt that comes up as well so and i keep telling you stop feeling guilty well i i I, I, it's also catholic so 
Yeah, right, yeah. but see, yeah, here, here's not that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, like, it wasn't you that came up with the idea that you should feel guilty about the fact that you're white, right? And so once again, like, we're coming back to this issue that it's not about skin yeah. color, and and especially being somebody mixed who's who's too white for the black people and too black for the white people. It's and hardly too black for the white people. Let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> Only by the hair. I could probably cut it off and uh, get nose surgery or something and be good. Nose surgery. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think that's that's really for me is being that uh, I've never had that category to fully fit in with. I see that it's not a race issue at all, and then we try to solve it through race, and and it's a human thing that we're all dealing with. So so your guilt or shame, whichever one which I think actually is probably more shame than guilt. It's not coming from an internal place. It's actually externally placed onto you. Um, and, and, and what that is, is a human, these are emotions and, and psychological um, functions that, that we all share, no matter what our skin color is or even cultural differences. Right. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I say we need to reformulate that, that issue from, from it being a black and white thing, which I think it ties nicely into first black this or this was a black that, or it's like, cool, 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 cool. But can we get to a place where we can both meet and agree and then try to get better? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like and, to, I, I really. Why, why I brought up the black, the first black thing and his point is that these problems are not resonant. Sure, they are. But to the degree at which black-white issues are coming up is being manufactured by the same people that I'm saying we should all be pointing the fingers to, uh, which are the politicians who are using it because it's a popular kind yeah, of PC are you scared thing, and, and, the, and the, the mainstream, not mainstream, they're not mainstream, uh, the corporate propaganda machines that are CNN yeah. and whatnot. And so these things are manufactured, using this language to trigger the historical things that meant something to let's be honest the only people that are still watching those programs which are older people that were probably impacted more traumatically than our generation i mean i i, uh, I disagree i think that you think that jay lee watches i think that on no the TV? i i think the channels have changed i think you may get i don't the, watch any tv no, no but i think that's what he's saying like it's not television the, but you're still getting oh, like a lot of the same information just through a different a different Medi yeah. medium yeah like whether it's social media or youtube or whatever it may be i don't yeah. know like i i hear exactly what you're saying and i think like there's uh, can i can i say this because yeah. like i'm gonna i'm gonna explode or implode <laughs> don't do either so, of those things we have an episode yeah. next week we need implode. to implode there was <laughs> there was a time like w with my issue at my last issue at e area where I literally was told somebody was scared of me because of the way I look, right? Yeah, look and at all you. the things you're I, a big black guy, man. Yeah, you're a big black guy. Like I should be afraid of you. So to hear those words, to hear somebody literally like articulate that to my face. Hold on, before I, I was, I was taken aback to where I didn't know what I didn't know how to respond to that because I've done everything. I believe I've done everything to. You know, present myself, represent myself and my family because my family's important to me. And I remember going back to work and, and telling Chris and crying because I didn't know what to do. Right. 
all the things I thought I'd done to insulate myself and my family from, I couldn't, I, I couldn't um, get out of that. Right, Chris? Yeah. And it was, it was so, it, it takes away, now, it wasn't a physical thing because like my, part of me wanted to just like end the whole situation right there. And like, yo, I can, you know, get bail money. It's going to be all right. But <laughs> you can be that, you can be that big black guy. Yeah. Yo, you yeah. want me to show you? You want me to show well, okay, you? I do want to throw this in here real quick though. At what point do we de- decipher between stereotypes and racism? I, I, because I, I, think I, I don't know because a, I think they're married together. Yeah. I think there, there is, there is so much in stereotypes that are true. Unfortunately, but right. when you use those when you use those to demean and to minimize people, it's it's well, it's hurtful. I think the reason I, I pose that question though is is actually because did you have a relationship with this dude? Like, did you know? Did you yeah. ever pass by and have conversations? Yeah, we were on the, we were working the same team. Point. Yeah, right. Okay, so the point where he should have known your character. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he's just imprinting his own thoughts on Right. You. The only reason I say that is because we naturally have to use her heuristics to operate in the world. That's, like, that's, you know what I mean? That's fair. And I, and I don't, I don't, so the intellectual pursuit of it is not uh, missed on me, right? The human part of it where I, I, when you actually have to live through those experiences is it's, it takes so much away from you. So, and like the like, the short end of it is that you lost your job because this dude was afraid of you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying the events that. No, I know, were, but I'm just saying, right. like, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> even <laughs> if somebody is taking those stereotypes, even if they're not doing it with intent, like if you want to say that there's stereotypes and racism is like stereotypes with intent to harm, then if, even if there's no intent, like the impact is still felt. You know, and so like I th- that's sure. still something that needs to be dealt with one way or the other. And I, I mean, like I, I don't know. Like we've talked a lot about Black Lives Matter and and the their marketing message sucks. Yeah, like yeah, that message <laughs> is garbage. Like a, they should have gone with all lives matter, including yeah, black they lives, obviously right? don't matter. Am I right? <laughs> but it's at just, the same it's time, fuck the black lives. At the same time, I think it's also a response to what felt like this belief that, hey, all lives matter except black lives or that, like, black lives don't matter. And it's like, no, they do. Like, black lives have just as much value as any other life out there. And And, ultimately, the messaging got twisted. But I don't think that that was like I don't I never believed or felt like the messaging behind that movement was black lives matter. Nobody else does. Like, you know, I, I looked at it and said, no, like I, I understand what you're fighting for ultimately. But I, and I can also say that I haven't even gotten to colorism. Right. And that's, that's the thing where for me, it's like, you can have stereotypes, you can have racism, but within your own community, when you have colorism, that's one reason why South Carolina is one of my least favorite States is because of colorism. I, you know, just like my sons, and I know this is their dad, like I know that they are going to have to deal with the facts that they are, they are biracial, right? But it doesn't, like, and look at me, I'm like butterscotch. When I go to South Carolina and like there's dark skin brothers, like. So silky smooth. Yeah, I get, I get, I get heat on that. Right. So it's like within my own community, I have to defend myself. You know, like you look at Sammy Sosa, 
and he's how he's saying he's Dominican. Yeah, but baseball and, and, was very very good to him. So <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and money's money's peeling off his 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 pigment just to feel comfortable. Yeah. So the the issue of ethnicity is a it's a complicated. I, I I do believe that's a complicated one. I don't think it's complex. I think in a social standpoint, it's complex, and there's we can address the issues. It, the first thing starts with acknowledgement, but I think that the root issue is complicated. I don't think that anybody's willing to deal with the the levels of crap that people that aren't white in this country have to deal with. And until we can get to that acknowledgement, we're going to keep having full pause, like Whoopi Goldberg, who is a practicing Jew, making a statement about the Holocaust and getting like lambasted. Even she could be right or wrong right. from her point of view, point of view, not trying to get into that fight. But I'm saying, like, until we can acknowledge the, the, the pain points people are bringing up, we are always going to have these fruitless conversations where we're like, yeah, because you're going to have black people. And I and I, I call my sons black. They get pulled over by the cops. They don't care about their mom. They're gonna be like, dude, look at you. You're black, right? Am I right or wrong? I heard an interesting joke about <laughs> racism. And it's, no, same subject. Racism is like being hungry. Like, it's not like you're always racist. It's like as soon as there's yeah. that, that urge comes up, like someone cuts you off in traffic, all like, of a sudden nigger. racism comes <laughs> sure. out. Okay, okay. So I th- – back. To, I mean, gosh, because we, ha- we all have so much more in common and we're so much more cohesive than, we, than the vibe feels like. And I mean us all here, but also like our city and the mass – the most people that you run into. Okay, Um. Most people are a little disgruntled and angry about what's going on. That's what heightens these reactions of racism and all sure. this, this f- sensation. Okay, so where would we point that finger? How much hell can us, how much power do we have to raise hell? Uh, not as much as, back to these mainstream media, these uh, some of these uh, medicine companies that are messing with people's brains and doing harm to them, some of the education system, some of the workforce that's bringing undue... Uh, pressure to someone that we don't necessarily need the profit that some companies are uh, pursuing. We don't necessarily need the product that they're making. So it's kind of like I've been a part of a job where they're – it's like this job is stupid. (laughs) And it's crazy (laughs) that I'm getting yelled at. Like I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I know that it's stupid. And I'm still doing the job to try and sell this. Now that I'm now that I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. (laughs) Yep. So. um, So I think (laughs) like racism. Racism is an interesting issue. It is a complex issue. But I promise if they would turn uh, off the heat that they have on all of us so that we do what we so that we do what they want us to do. And I mean, they like. The l- not the hypothetical conspiratorial. They, okay, good. The real they, like we got to scare the. Well, sure, but but I mean, it's not conspiracy. It, it's a conspiracy as far as it's people that are working behind the but, scenes but, and they're operating. But, but, but they're real people that you can point the finger but, but, to. They're would, doing would, real harm to the masses, and they are making our society worse actively. Sure, we're doing our part. So I'm not saying like we're we. C- there's not room for us to improve, but they're doing more. Uh, they're doing what we're doing at scale. But yeah. Bob, the only thing I would tell you is that where we where we struggle and why we keep having this conversation in generations, right? So you know, at my my ripe young age at forty five, I would say is because we can't acknowledge the issues. So I remember uh, the Million Man March, 
I'm going to tell you two things, and that this is my stance. I had these guys that work for me. Uh, one of them was from, uh, he was Southern. I don't know where he's from. But they used to always make these light skin jokes. And this one dude, like legit, was always, he was coming at me. He technically worked for me. <laughs> and I was like, one day I just had enough. I was like, my man, this goes south real quick because of whatever. Because the light skin jokes were not cool. This other kid. Well, does does it bother you? The jokes. They itch it, away at you it's, over time. It's a matter of well, I was younger then. I was do you, like, do you identify as light skin at the time? Did you identify as light skin? Well, I never had to deal with that until I came to the south. So, so there. So I never had to deal with that until I came to the south. In New York, nobody's giving me shit about my complexion, right? In the south, it's a thing. It's a regional. There are regional thing problems in our own culture. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, and so I can tell you that there, it, it's complicated. But I can also say that the, I'll go back to my mom as an example, your grandmother as an example. The fact that she's still alive, and I used to believe that when the people that were alive, when she was growing up, when they died, we'd probably make big headway on racism. Those motherfuckers are still alive. <laughs> And they keep having yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. The college I went to yeah, was general, desegregated, I think, in 74, yeah. 1974. You're referring to generalized racism. Yeah, that's, like a, that. that's a strong it, it's issue just so, in the South. It's so baked in. It's like, yo, so maybe we need to wait like another two sets of kids before this shit but, disappears. Yeah, but even when you're getting picked on by the, by the dark-skinned black guys, it's a skin thing that they're pointing to, which I think is the most frustrating. It's like... It it's has like very little to do, with, right, <laughs> right? Exactly, but and it also it also completely distracts you from the real problem at hand, which would be your cultural differences, or or you know maybe that guy's jealous because light skins tend to do a little bit better with women. Uh, <laughs> y- you know what I mean? Like there's some underlying. There's wow, some underlying. What else? Yeah, what I had to, that's a plug. That's a plug. This is going. <laughs> that was a little plug. Yeah, 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 yeah. This but, was during the Wesley Snipe time frame, yo. Like New Jack uh, City just came out. <laughs> But yeah, but my point my point is that we get caught up on on something that's not the issue, and and uh, yeah. I can't stress that enough that we get we continue to get caught up. I mean, the same way that he just said uh, he was the token hire at, at the fire station. But, fire uh, Joe, are you Mexican? It's like no, but the idea <laughs> behind of his hiring, he knows it so, and feels it, and it's not empowering. I want to. I want to. I think Andre kind of hit it hit a little earlier. I kind of like the hearing that you. It's not about what you identify with personally. It's about being in a new being in an environment that consistently questions that identity. For me, when I was in New York and the Bronx with my family, not a single damn person asked what race I was. Yeah. The only asked is why don't I speak Spanish? Why should do this? <laughs> you're you know? a failure to the community. <laughs> you're right. Right. Third generation failure. <laughs> But, but in the South, my there's two examples I want to use. One, I worked for that department for two years, and after having my my mental breakdown from PTSD, I was denied the resources given promised to me, and I paid into, and I know exactly why. It's because he, the chief, thinks I'm a liberal, and liberals don't deserve handouts. That's his opinion, and it was fueled by racism. And that's not something like I made up where I think it's like that. He said that directly to me multiple times. He he asked me, how do I feel about mul- about multiracial kids? And I said, well, 
both my my kids are all multiracial because I'm not the same race as my wife. And he's like, well, you both you look like you are. And he's like, that's okay. You know, it's okay you did that because you look like you're both the same race. But white and black people shouldn't shouldn't have kids. And I'm like, Yo. so we had a three hour conversation <laughs> about that shit, you know. And um, he is a true fucking racist. And when I say true fucking racist, I mean someone who doesn't outwardly hate other race, but they're so in their heart they're so sure of themselves and their worldview that you can't argue with them and that's when you create generalized gen- generationalized racism because they teach their kids that they can teach your kids to have a holdout things will get better to be you know white people will get will, will get more white people in the world and you know we'll all die out and all that bullshit and you know back to the whole thing what <laughs> the part i knew that this de- that this department was not going to be for me in the end and this is after two years of you know community outreach, changing people's um, fire extinguishers and their smoke alarms for free, the goodness of my own heart, just because I knew that trailer park people don't think about that kind of stuff. I, I you know, I get tired of going to a tra- if I get a trailer park call, I know that somebody's already dead because those things burn in less than three, three oh. minutes. So I get tired of seeing dead bodies, so I try my best to change the community standards around me. You know, uplift everybody. You know, just for the just the bare minimum helps. But when I go to a freaking couch fire call, because some, some neighbor says, you know, they're, they're, um, they see their neighbors burning couches again. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. The end of our district. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do you burn a couch? Like, what? Haven't you ever seen the end of a Duke game? There's a lot of, there's, yeah, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot you can say about that, but I'll leave that for there. But anyway, when, you, when I get there and it's my call and I arrive on scene, I check in route, arrive on scene two minutes later. I haven't even got out of my truck yet, and my chief calls me on my personal cell phone and says, hey, are you at that call? I'm like, yes, sir, it's my call. Okay, I need you to stay in your truck until your captain gets there. I'm like, why? Don't worry about it. Captain gets there. I'm like, captain, what's going on? He's like, I know these people. Okay? They're they're doing a legal burn. He's like, I know these people, Joe. Stay in your truck. You going over to them, telling them how to do their thing is not going to end well for you. And I had a very similar experience where I sat in my truck and I just felt worthless because I'm like, no matter how much you know, progress I do personally, it won't mean a hill of beans in this shitty area. So I, I love my profession, but I have no love for that area. And yes, I wish at some point people over there can open their eyes and change, but I, I'm sure there's always going to be an aspect of them, a, a small percentage, if you will, that won't change for nothing because they hold, they're holdouts and, and racism is about familiar. I think I, I honestly think in order to change racism, it's about familiarization. I, I used to, when I uh, worked at this company and I would have like people hire other people, I would have to tell them to like hire people that you don't feel comfortable with. I would have people, I actually have to sit with them and review applications and schedule interviews with, because people have a tendency to hire who and what they feel comfortable around. Yeah. Um, it's, I look, let me, let me back up. Idealistically, I would love for us to, as a society, to move beyond the color of somebody's skin. Sure. I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen, but hopefully it's sooner than later. Hopefully, like, you know, one of my great grandkids are alive. It's less, less pressure, but, well, it's, what did it take for you? 
because hey, I remember there were times. Um, hopefully, this isn't revealing too much. Where you'd walk past, and uh, shit, me too. You walk past a big country-looking white dude yeah. with flannel and some jeans and some boots, and instantly there's that. So, what did it take for you to stop having that uh, initial reaction? It takes me trying to like remembering those times when I was wrong, right? So, right. like, there are people. I have family members. So that, that back to that familiarization, right? It, it, I have to like. I always say that I'm not going to grow if I'm always comfortable. So I'm completely okay being uncomfortable in, in situations and environments around different people. Uh, I mean, we have family members that were not my biggest fans. They would never like have a go Andre jersey, but and I'd wear they, one of those. <laughs> but they you know they grew to love me right so andre my, drummond yeah. <laughs> so if i can say something real quick the um the whole line about you know the, you know about comfort hire people you're not comfortable with in the fire department oddly enough they teach um work with people you're not comfortable with because those people are going to motivate you to learn more yeah and you're not going to become a good firefighter if you're sitting in your ass and you're comfortable all the time. Get up, do some hose. You're not going to be. A good, I, gonna... I think that message needs to be pushed way more than "Hey, just uh, you know, because I feel this way, then you need to change." And I think that's what gets people, uh, uh, you know, kind of like, "Well, I don't know about that." Like there needs yeah, it makes to them be defensive. exactly because it's not coming from a place of like. Uh, no, you, we all have to get out of our comfort zone. It's coming from a place of, no, I'm uncomfortable, so you have to stop doing what you're doing. And I think when you pose it like that, people are like, well, no, you know what, I but don't if like you, that. But if you're a leader, you find you see those gaps. And that, that was something I had to consciously do. And if I saw that, you know, Chris Smith was hiring, like I go to his location, it's like, yo, everybody looks like Chris Smith. That can't be true, right? Like hey, I just know it really can't. Quickly, does this does what you're saying still hold true if we are all leaders? I, I think well, that's not one everybody's thing that gonna, really not too... not everybody's a leader. No, no we are. We leader. are. We all. That's are not true. Well, we are. No, that's not true. How is it not true? <laughs> because. Do you mean someone hires you to be a leader, air quotes, or do you mean no? That we're I think not, that there's all born inherently leaders. I think I think there are people who are more comfortable in leadership than others. I think there are people who are better at being leaders than others. Um, but I do I do also believe that leadership can be a learned skill. I don't think it's necessarily something that you have to be born with or something that no. Yeah, like, I believe people have I believe people have leadership qualities, but I do not believe that everybody is a leader, right? Because you can wow. lead at a at a very micro level at, in your family, but be just a great employee at your job, right? Yeah, okay, fair. That's what I mean. I mean, you better be a leader. You better understand that you are born to be in the, uh, one day. You'll one time in your life you'll need to be the leader. Sure, sure. People and have leadership so, 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 qualities. That's what but I mean. They cannot. Pretty, be, no, that's that's a can, so that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. but I, but I still. I mean, it's. The way I look at it is like, yeah, I believe that, you know, Billy or Sam can be a great leader in his home, but he's a he's just a great employee here. He's a and that's shit why. leader and, in the office. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And back to my point of putting the spotlight onto these corporations or whatnot, that is the problem, is that these people might be a cool leader at home, but the louder guy, whatever it is, and they're doing interesting studies about why, like, men 
in particular like get hired to be a leadership role and there's interesting things about like a six foot tall ceo is more likely that if you're under six feet tall you're less likely to be a ceo that's so why i'm six like foot that. one yeah he had a sub but, six but, but, foot tall ceo and he'd been he's yeah. ceo at like five different but he's companies. also he was a minority he was i mean what stacks. i'm saying is like um this the <laughs> He had like, stacks and pedigree, so it doesn't matter. No, I, I mean, I, I think a lot are, of us have like know. subconsciously hired CNN to be the leadership. Uh, that's only the you, most. You got like a hard on for CNN. <laughs> no, I think I mean he, well, they're pretty popular. He's using it as an example. I, I understand that yeah. when you say CNN, you're not exclusively picking on CNN. That it is not okay. at all. Not yeah, at all. just want to clarify. Yeah, um, like people have hired the establishment to be leaders. Yeah, like we're born into, and and, and I think that it's they're obviously bad leaders. And they've led us into these conversations. Well, look at where we so are like, with politicians right now, right? Like, we've essentially decided that there is an elected class, that, that you have to come from yeah. a certain pedigree or background. Yeah, gener a, generation a generational. Class, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of that somehow better prepares you for the world, the terrible world that is politics. Why the, the scary, fuck? fearful yeah. Why is world. it so terrible, right? Because we let these horrible people run it. Like, they created the world that yeah. they live in, so no wonder they're just going to keep pumping their own offspring back into it like it's and i don't and we don't subscribe to that like i really personally think that if we want to fix the play and I, now again i'm talking a local state priority for number one yeah federal's priority number like three or four right what's in between what's in between is like understanding <laughs> like actually that's a fair question i think there are two things that states should get rid of the education, like the state uh, secretary of education and the department of insurance. Okay. I think those two, Ooh. I think those. Ooh, oh. Why? Well, hold on. I don't hear about that second one. Okay. Because the fire department, fire department directly is funded and is um, right. like organized through the, the department DOI. of insurance. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that the reason we can for fund the, it the the, for public, if we can fund it well at all. <laughs> for public education, I think that people are trying to marry federal dollars and state dollars. And in this state, yes. for North Carolina, for example, we only have three to four counties that benefit from that, the most populous counties, because they have higher like uh, real estate and property taxes. And what did right? we do, right? We offset a whole chunk of our education spending with a lottery that was supposed to bring yeah. more money to education, but instead- But it still goes to three or four counties. Well, and yeah, but what they did was they basically said, all the money we got from lottery, we no longer have to spend on education. Instead of saying, no, we're gonna keep spending the same amount and add the lottery winnings, which is the whole reason that it was, or the whole way that it was pitched in the first place. Sorry, that's- a And I have a curious thread here because like, for example, uh, the, the bail industry, you know where bail money goes to? insurance it goes to the it goes to the board uh school boards oh that's a so weird way to pay to for see, education i'm curious to see crime does pay yeah i'm curious to see and i'm gonna probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm probably gonna start like pulling that thread a little bit more how many if the counties that have higher bail amounts for same crimes across counties if they're benefiting, if they're actually, you know, trying to uh, convict people in order or to whatever, fund their education, in, in order budget. to fund their education. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can I can tell you from my social degree that is, that's not the case. I had to do a very similar project. You would think that's the case, but it's not. Okay. You that's would you see a, a correlation 
between higher populations and higher like arrest right. rates. No, I'm talking about lower like, populations. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Well, I was just saying so, you see a correlation that way, but when it comes to lower populations, it's it's not like that at all. It's pretty pretty uniform across the board. If you're in rural area, you're seeing just as many like black people arrested per percentile for whites as you see in like big areas. And but I'm my, curious about what about the bail? What about the uh, bond amounts? Are they would they would they actually be fair? So two people get convicted for B and E, same same county, right? Right, different different ethnicities. Is the amount different for the non-white person than is for the so bail? Bail amounts is so subjective. No, it's to, not. It's not subjective because there's every state has got a stat or a ledger, a list of what a judge can set it for themselves depending on their own biases. My that that's why I want right. to pull the thread. That's that was saying it, that's not um, a system issue. That's a personal. No, well, that's still, but that's, that's still a personal. It's still a system you, issue because you're allowing the personal perceptions or the personal bias to, to influence dictate. and dictate the outcome of the situation. Okay, so let's go based on if we know that a judge has an issue with damning people of color to a higher mm-hmm. degree than whites, do, when do we start instituting a, like a fact checking system or like a, just a some type of agency that checks to see if you're racist or not? Like no, like you a, just a for for, for that particular to solve that particular problem, a B and E class one or class A misdemeanor. Has is five hundred bucks. Right, and it's all period. it's all it's like the uh, the NFL draft now, where the amount that they get scheduled, right? it's all it's a scheduled pay system, based on the events, which makes sense. So, I mean, the fines no, themselves, it should, right? It should be systematic, especially if you're a repeat offender. The offenders sure. should go up based on yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm fine with and that. Then, but I, I and then when, but if and then when it comes to like um, personal leeway, there should be no personal rigid, leeway. Well, originally the idea of that was as it's, as it's taught. Is that it gives the the area, the court systems in that like that personalized area, the freedom to manipulate punishment to deter continued crime. Like if you know your area is getting like right. more people are stealing cars, you're gonna give higher bail bonds. To so let the local area cars. set like let them set it at the county but level. That's where, yeah, but that's where we're seeing the like institutionalized policy then is corrupted by personal right. preference. Which is the whole problem that I think we were all kind of identified, yeah. right? Is that we have these institutions that have now been massively corrupted yeah. one way or the other. And, you know, like this, you guys have talked about, Chris and Matt, that like the media, politicians, like that is just a rotting cesspool on both sides who now feed off of each other, right? Like the chaos and the the calamity is what ultimately keeps us distracted and fighting each other and at the same time has us glued to our televisions or our phones because we need to know what the latest breaking news is, which is everything. And it's like the oh, latest see, breaking, breaking news. Yeah, exactly. Breaking news. Everything's right. breaking news. By the way, Tom no, Brady break, break, uh, hey. just unretired. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Breaking news. Breaking news. They're, like the news is broken. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's not really breaking because it's not new. But I mean, like that's what I'm saying is they'll never say that. Right. It'll just be well, evident to the people over time. Politicians, they're all corrupt. It's a sourcing. It's a sourcing issue, right? Like they're. What do you I mean don't, sourcing? Well, it's a funding so, issue too. Well, no, well, yes. Yeah, that's it's, it. at the end of the day, it's a funding it's issue. Network. Well, but it's also well, sure. Yes. Is is it? I, I'm getting my news from CNN, who's often quoting the AP, who's often quoting NPR. Or am I figuring out a way to, like the the function of the news 
is actually Substack is doing interesting things in that in that field. What's that? Sure. Substack, Substack oh. is doing interesting thing. It's an interesting way of getting away from the only people that have money. It's look, it's tough. This is an interesting thing. So, so it's tough to be to a major business and <laughs> it's tough to be a major co- business now. Uh-huh. Like have family money. The further back you go, the dirtier the money gets sure. in America, you know? And so, um, you know, it's really tough to well, like well, you're saying. It's a, short, it's a so funding issue. Problems. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess when I say it's a funding issue, like I think <laughs> I got short money. You know, the problem. It's better. It's better that way. There are certain things I've argued this with Andre that there are certain things where I just don't feel like a capitalist viewpoint is the right way to approach it. News, yeah, like healthcare, health yeah, exactly. Healthcare like those me, are. Well, let me get on the DOI. All right. Well, okay. Like I'm trying to set you up here, so just <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to... Fucking give me a second, all right? Shut up, Audrey. <laughs> the DOI. Here's my problem. Oh, with, thank uh, you, Joe. Like, I'm so going to clip that. That's becoming a sound effect. <laughs> so the DOI is, like, if we wanted affordable health care, right, we shouldn't have state departments of insurance. Yes. Because they regulate and they dictate the prices of which you can sell insurance. We shouldn't at. have insurance at all. Uh, that should I mean fuck that's debatable collected on taxes it's a fucking national pool that we all pay into like just like you should do with healthcare do it with I got a couple of friends who sell too. insurance and they I mean, know it it, they know it's bullshit yeah I mean it's sure. all bullshit yeah. why can't I fucking take out bullshit. a loan to pay off the damage done to my car right oh cause I literally yeah. have to have insurance in order to get my driver's right. license exactly like it's the same thing with the fucking tax prep it's all just a huge scam. Like, the government knows how much money you owe them at the end of the year, and you have to pay somebody else to guess it correctly for you. And if they get it wrong, you are the one that's fucked, unless you pay a special amount of money for them to take responsibility for the thing you're paying them to do. Let me tell you my, my current IRS nightmare. They owe me money, yo. They legit owe me money, like, right now. And because I I think I – actually, I I checked the wrong box. They're like, oh, we're going to wait until you respond back, but we're not going to answer the phone. When you call them – We're going to audit you. Yo, you can't even – no, I'm audit proof on this one. But when you call them, they're like, oh, due to our heavy call volume, nobody will be able to answer the phone. Yo, I had to write them a letter today and put it in the mail so it get postmarked. And I'm like, you niggas are bugging, yo. If I owed you $4, you guys would, like, be all over me, like, yesterday. I'd get, like, 20 <laughs> certified letters. I, you know, you guys would put a lien on my house. But when you owe and me money. You got to freaking get a mule yeah. and go down to the And it's funny. Area. It's funny it's because just... it has to be funny. Otherwise, it's overwhelmingly depressing. Because you'll understand depressing. the situation we're in. And we're back to comedians. Yeah, and it has to, it has to be funny. Because you guys have to be joking me. Otherwise, I'm like you say, these people are jumping out of buildings because it's literally like, oh, it's so blatantly obvious that our lives because the idea of like time is money is not actually like an equal equation. But the idea makes sense for our current system. So if you're saying that this insurance is undoubtedly illogical, unless you're the insurance company. Then, oh, you're fucking me over. Okay, so you are fucking me over. Okay, so now my life is dedicated to paying something that is ra- like rationally, logically unjust. Yeah, just it's, in it's case. Like, oh, just in this case is nonsense. you get into an accident. 
and just so, in so case, that's yeah. and, and, and even then, then when you find reasons not to pay out yeah. exactly and then like when you start case, three times well, in one year exactly and i'm sorry for that but when you start to <laughs> when you start to build that list of of costs that we have to afford and how just how unjust it is that's when you start to say okay it's time to update things these guys are all full of shit to the brim all they do is lie and fuck you guys and it's not funny and other and it has to be funny otherwise you're depressed yeah. but i mean yeah but but the thing I want to be careful of saying, and I and I, I always say this, or because I believe it, but we can't dismantle without a replacement, right? If we just start dismantling things and there's no like, lot, new problems, yeah, yeah, we're just like making everything difficult. Let it dismantle itself, like in the case of we, financial 2008, the the thing that happened. No, oh, we're no, we're gonna prop it up. Because those are my friends. That's why I will never buy a GM. That's not, well, yeah, well, but that's friends... also like I mean, who got fucked in that, right? It wasn't the banks. Like it, it was wasn't... me. Exactly. Yeah, it it's was the all of the the people in the end, and so who are already getting fucked. So how like the answer obviously then is not let it get fucked again because if they if we keep letting them fuck up, they're just going to keep bailing themselves out, like or each other. And so I think to Andre's point, or like what we've been trying to get at on the podcast is like. The federal level is going to be fucked until we can fix stuff at a local and state level. Like, focus yes, on your local elections, in... focus on your state politicians where you can, or your, you know, like your representatives at the state level, because those are the people yeah. who are actually voting for stuff that can impact your day to day life. Yes. Like, and I would even localize it even more sure. to in the house and my neighbors. And what I mean by that is back to the AK 47 and uh, people analogy. Like, we have made it okay to be a certain person and uh, honestly it's a coping mechanism to even survive in this current uh environment uh to the point where you would be someone that is running the biggest insurance company in the world or running facebook or running um, being joe biden i mean what a fucking joke <laughs> these people are and it's like these people we have to do so much like delusion to look at them seriously and look at them with, with respect and acknowledge them as leaders ex Actually, instead of terrorists I, I don't i see killing them for people what on a major I, scale i well i i don't think joe biden's killing people on a major scale i, I do think that he I, is and, you have no proof and I'll just, fight, fight. no like i mean like no okay. I, and i i think your i think your your angst is pointing in the right direction i think your tar the target of your angst is unjustified i i think that you you can't I, here's what's really easy there are two things and that's i'm going to stop talking about this one no you're not <laughs> i think that he meant distraction yeah distraction is a very plausible game I, yeah. I think that, you know, it's e very easy for somebody to say, hey, look at this. Look at this shiny new toy. I see it in business I, all the time. I and just heard an amazing phrase. We are being distracted from distractions by distractions. Sure. Okay. Sure. I think I think we need to sit on that a little bit. No, I, I think I agree with that 100%, right? Sure. So, like, there's no sitting there. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, I can see that. I can rock with that. And the second thing is. I watched a news story on NBC like last week or the week before last, and it was uh, Lester Holt, the guy with the receding hairline that just goes like this. Yeah. Looks, <laughs> looks like a bonnet. Yeah. And, um, I, and I'm like, where's his wife at? Yo, she should tell him to just like cut his hair off. Um, and he somehow told... his hairline isn't the biggest joke about him. No, it's not. What the biggest joke is he went through three stories of police shootings, 
<laughs> police shootings and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm sitting there eating dinner and I look at my wife and I'm like, are you scared yet? Because that was scary. This is what they do. We've gotten to this. Are you scared yet? Mentality, boogeyman politics, scary situation after scary situation. And we want to see what your reaction is. Now with the media, they can play hands off and say, Oh, we're impartial with politicians they thrive on that. That is the, the vampiric philosophy of politicians, both sides. Well, I, I, I just, I think like, yeah, ultimately, and I, and I'm good. what do we need to be involved in at the national level? Right? Like when it comes to news, the, the awareness of what's going on on the opposite coast of the country, for the most part is not helpful in any way, shape or form. Right. Like yeah. it's part of the reason that I've stopped watching CNN, MSNBC, Fox, like any of that stuff. I watch a little bit of local news in the morning to see what's like when they're actually doing the local stories about what's going on or like and that's it. And then it's like they get to the weather and I'm like, cool, I'm out. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> like beyond that, what do I really need to understand unless I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with somebody about it, in which case I can take the time to do a little bit of searching on Google and read a couple of articles like it's I don't know it I also think there's yeah, that you say this podcast encourages to become more informed by the national politics than it would have otherwise well I think it's help it's actually helped me to moderate my consumption of national politics right like unless we're gonna sit here or there's something that I see where I'm like okay that's something I gotta talk about I'm avoiding or just like not being bombarded with that those stories on a regular basis which is which i find to be very helpful yeah we i mean go ahead matt and and podcasts do an interesting thing so it okay so like think about if you work for amazon right now and making creating a union makes a lot of sense yeah you got a hard on for jeff bezos well okay to be fair that guy is kind of an asshole yeah he's a fucker Thank and, you for naming our and, episode, Chris. Jeff Bezos is yeah. a fucker. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so so like they're literally making rules against co- conversation yeah, yeah. about the solution. Yeah. yeah. And you guys so are this so is all, my point about people. All of you pe- go screw yourself with all union bashing, but go ahead. Okay, and this is happening in more and more spaces where you can't have this conversation, you can't have this conversation, and that's why, in my opinion, podcasting is the new hip hop, where it's like a, a a group of people who weren't who aren't able to say a certain amount of thing in most places. They found their little corner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people are trying to make a who is it? Uh, they're trying to make an Obama podcast or something, and it's gonna <laughs> fail, like because okay. it's n- that's well, not what this. No, space I mean is for. Obama and Bruce Springsteen <laughs> have speaking? a podcast. Yeah, yeah, they copied the us too. There's, yeah, if this, is, if this is hip hop, which one of us is? Big? No, they saw our podcast. We actually <laughs> um, we have the stats. Matthew. We can prove it. There was a, a viewer in Washington D.C. Smokes blunts. <laughs> <laughs> one viewer who smokes blunts. I said Matthew because he smokes blunts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, also thank I mean, you because you just included me in something that you deem to be like hip hop, and so I feel very cool. Right oh now. no, it really is. And what I mean by that is what, the spirit. What? It's the spirit, oh, and, yeah. and it's like. So what yeah, I mean by that is like, if on, we were to dis. Hold on, you got Chris all gassed up over here. He's like, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, you should because this is a cool role, and we have to like hold the flag in, a, in an interesting way, and yeah. in, in a big way. And I think sometimes Joe Rogan fails at that. I think sometimes he gets a little caught up, but it's fine. He's the first guy to do it. Um, do what? It's the first guy to have that position, okay. like to where to where all of a sudden, like this mediocre comedian 
is being held to this huge standard of being like this intellectual and to debate with Jordan Peterson. And like, you're right. He, he's not that guy. Yeah. He's going to fail, but it's brave of him that he's going to fail in public. And um, hopefully he holds the flag in a way. But if someone else falls or if he falls, which he probably will, because there's so many people working against him, um, somebody hopefully will pick it up with the same hip hop spirit. If not, then people like us will have to move somewhere else like we did in rap, where now rap is not what hip hop was. It's something else. I, I've been telling you that for years. Now you just finally getting it. Like, Ooh. yeah. Well, I just turned twenty six. So. <laughs> oh, money. Yeah, it's there's fair. a lot. I, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to ruminate on this, and you're probably gonna have to come back on at some point because I hear, I hear what you're saying, but there's some that makes me think of some things, but I'm not really. I can't, I can't put them into words just yet. Like, what yeah, are you talking I'm not, about? I'm not, and I'm probably hopefully I haven't come off in like a tone where I think you guys are wrong or that I have the right answer. It's just that no. I find a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I chat with are getting we're having like when the first thing we talk about isn't something that me and that person have necessarily going on. And it's just I don't know a number of things. It's it's pretty disorienting right now, but a number of things that I'm like, oh, hey, this is like I'm trying to be a guy that is very aware of those and bringing that to like the most relevance of like, hey, well, this you sh- is you should always is, have this hon- is in get, getting in the way of us having conversation. You should always have honest conversations, you know, and that, and I think that's important. And I, I try to do that publicly and privately. Um, <laughs> it's a, I have a quick story to tell. So I was on my business trip last week and we went out to dinner and it was like my group of coworkers some of whom lean one way and some of whom lean the other. And we they brought this other guy out who I'd never met before. And we they were talking about something. And I'm sorry. I was going to make a joke and like use Matt's word, but I was like, I'm not going to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, don't do that. Uh, no. I was going to say they're all leaning backwards. <laughs> we, we, we've, we've already been flagged once. <laughs> For sure. But... Uh, it wasn't because of me, was it? At one point, he started <laughs> talking about uh, some it. some conspiracy, like what I would deem a bit of a conspiracy, and made some comment about, like, well, for example, like Kamala Harris, you haven't seen her anywhere lately. And I'm like, I had oh, literally gosh. just seen her on the Today Show, like, two days before. And I'm like, well, wasn't she just on the Today Show? And he's like... Well, yeah, but that was probably just a puff piece, right? And I'm like, I mean, Savannah Guthrie was not very nice to her, but the dude literally would not talk to me for the rest of the show. Like, I said good morning to him. I tried to acknowledge him multiple times, and he just, like, completely blew me off. And that's where I'm like... Yeah, because he pegged you as a liberal and he didn't want to talk to you. Yeah, and all I said was, like, no, the words that came out of your mouth weren't true. Like... (laughs) Because I <laughs> and that's how, and that's how these media like the Today Show. That's how media is teaching people to behave. So like in an environment like ours, where a lot of us, I mean, so like not not a lot I'm of us. Confused. A lot of people. A lot of people yeah. are having like less at home. Think about when you go to school. You spend more time almost at school. Like when you're at home, you're sleeping or you're getting ready to go to school. You go to yeah, school. Yeah, the average person you're says out more. Of, yeah. Yeah, the average so person spends more that time at work and or at school yes, while yes. in their waking hours. But so the, that's the, why the, the, the question I would is... ask you is like, or the, the pushback is, I don't think it's media's job to like help us it, to conclude anything. It's to inform. The problem that I think people have is they don't know how to disseminate information and to make conclusions or to say like, this is 
fact or this is information that I have for this topic and that's it. And there's no differentiation between what is information and entertainment anymore. Like right. those two things got merged and so the only information you get is ultimately what they believe you will find entertaining. Well, one way or the other. Is the term infotainment now? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I think that when we continue to take agency away from people, and maybe it's a it's a bigger problem. I, I don't know. I, I I'm just, putting the agency on the individuals that are in the in these seats right now. But what know? about the people like, that are consume the information? No, but I think like there's a there's an element of that too, Chris. Like the responsibility of the people who are sitting on you know on TV at CNN at MSNBC, like they should have a a feel a level of moral obligation, right, to be honest and to be. This is back to the AK. Exactly right, and I, it, but it is both. It is a top down and bottom up. There needs to be both because you you is that you like can't face almost, down ass up? Exactly, <laughs> almost exactly. Right. Now 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 we're on point here. This podcast is going somewhere. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I, 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 because um, yeah, if you build from a bottom up, then the person in the position of power wouldn't do that thing hypothetically, yep. and then also, but top down, you would need the help and support for the individual to be willing to take that chance, that leap of faith that this is going to be worthwhile in me doing. Because yeah. if it's not, if I see that all of the powers that be are on bullshit and they're deceiving and they're taking advantage of my faith or kindness, whatever it is, then there's no incentive for me to do anything but do what they're doing. You know. So, but it goes back... Oh, back. really quickly, that, this piggybacks on that. Okay, this is a really interesting thing that's happening. Okay, so that behavior that that guy did at that party where all of a sudden he shuts off that is okay. My point about this: that is okay and popular in mass media. That is okay and popular. Yeah. That's not okay in a podcast. Yeah. We're sitting here for three hours. We've agreed that we're sitting here in three hours. If all of a sudden you cut up and you change, or you can't, you can't really, you actually don't have a point. Yeah. And that's obvious. But this is like how you're famous. It's like no, that's not cool. The internet sees that that's not cool, and you're you're out of the public space until you improve that. So that's that's, that's the difference between the next. And, and I just yeah. all right. So I I definitely believe in you know a middle out approach. So uh, when we worked at E Area, we had a, a a crappy system of getting stuff done, and I was like, hey, we need to fix this because it's not efficient. Hey, that really so was I, my idea, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to get try to get get away from that racism. <laughs> so I spent, you know, I spent weekends and nights, and I wasn't paid for it or compensated for it to fix it, to where I literally automated myself, one of my other coworkers, out of a job. Yeah, and great, I, great work, was, Andre. Yeah, a good job. <laughs> I kept telling Chris him that like, along the way, too. I'm like, you realize, like, you're literally coding yourself out of a job here. And he's like, no, I, I recognize that. I hope I I can find a better job. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my point, by the way, about what I'm saying, about we should make people that make those decisions. Hey, what's the truth here? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to act in, in, in uh, hey, good man, I got three truth. kids. I'm trying to make people. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that that's a common issue between a lot of jobs that that people actually don't want to do the right thing for the fear of losing their job, yeah. whether yeah. it be whether it be stepping on a superior's 
feet or you know what I mean. Well, and, we, I didn't want to say that. Even when I, I, when I took that, this endeavor, right. I I knew that I did. I told Chris, I'm like, I don't need permission, and we just need to prove it works, right? Yeah. Like he was like, Hey, well, should we? I'm like, No, we're just going to show him it works. So I I definitely agree with what you're saying, and, and you're probably saying it because like, you know, you're his son. You're, 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 but those are the values and principles that I try to raise my kids with. So that would not be foreign, right? But you do Your those daddy's things because credit right there. Because they're because they're my kids. Yeah. So I mean, that for means example, I did a good job as a parent. So. Yeah. I mean, for example, and I wish this is the society I wish we lived in, right? Where we had a guy like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Let's just say, which it's obvious that this isn't the case, uh-huh. but let's just say he made Facebook so that he could have some sort of real connected yeah. community. So that's that's obviously not right. the case. So that it let's wasn't just, say that's, just a race. Let's say girls. that's what the mission was. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and um okay. So as Facebook grows into what it is, mm-hmm. he would be the leader of that. And he's like, "You know what? This isn't what I set out for." Yeah. Probably probably what Jack Dorsey did with Twitter. "Hey, this isn't what I set out for. I'm going to shut down Facebook." I wish that we lived in that society where that would happen. I'm I'm sure that there's well, reasons why he can't the, well, do he that. He could. He could, but it would d- defeat his own interest. At this point, yeah, yeah but so like, wouldn't that be cool? Star. Yes, it'd be yeah. amazing if there was somebody as selfless cool? as that, right? Who have you guys saw? Who they, had they that are, level of? Well, yeah, like but in in that role, well, yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bezos is like, guys, work for me. I'm going to make a bazillion dollars, and then I'm going to build a penis rocket to launch myself into space. Yeah. Right. And then you guys can have the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, you made you make an interesting point there that there are those people. They're just not in those positions. And I think well, it's, that's it, what it, we run into the fire department all the time. All we, the time. We tell, we tell, even I started telling people who wanted to be volunteers, like, you come into this with an idea of you're going to serve your community and, and better your life. And you do get a lot of training and life skills that are going to service you further on down the road and your community. But at the end of the day, you're not do, you're not doing it. You're not doing this to get rich, and you're never going to even get enough money to to make this right. your full time thing. And, so. and, and, and and the personality traits that allow for you to reach the pinnacles that Mark uh, Zuckerberg has reached and Jeff Bezos. A lot of self sacrifice that you're not going to get for those well, and self centeredness. Yeah. Like there's self centeredness. Yeah, there's a it's level narcissistic, of narcissistic, yeah. disagreeable. These types of individuals, low in openness. These types of personality traits that lead into you being at the pinnacle. So th- there's something about that that we need to well, I mean, alter too. I don't. And know. part of that, and I hate to say it because I know Andre is going to be like, that's not true. But I feel like it's part <laughs> of it is is the capitalistic Don't society that we live you. in. Like it does value that, right? Like we have put a certain value on people who are willing to step on everybody else to get to yeah, wherever I, they want to go. Def- I'm definitely going to say that that's not true. Right. I would I so, would take it I would take it a little bit away from capitalism too, and maybe put it more towards materialistic view okay. of the yeah, world. I would I would no uh, that's, I would, that's because fair. I think that allows for spirituality to come in, which I think is. A, a lot of the reason why we're having so much issues not spirituality in the, in the trendy way of like I'm spiritual I'm not religious uh, but like Are genuine you fucking uh, making spirituality. Fun of you right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would no I would just I'd just argue that you are religious in ways that maybe there no, wouldn't I, be you know I'm, that you're not so I understand so I mean I, I grew up Catholic so whether I like it or not there are elements of my life that are absolutely <laughs> religious so there, there are things where I would say, like, we, uh, I'm not an internal optimist, nor am I, <laughs> nor do I. Sorry. On the, yeah, <laughs> I'm not. We all know that. So I'm going to acknowledge that publicly. 
but for example i think that it all we also want to like re remember our own responsibility there's a project on on github that i you know uh, i use in, in my workflow last month i actually you know january i started to sponsor the developer right so i believe that you know so not you know that wasn't for the cool little badge i get or you know my picture shows up somewhere you get a cool it's because badge I, yeah <laughs> it's because i believe in the project and it's helpful and i want to contribute to help him to make it better and hopefully he doesn't stop developing the program so give me a cool badge for crawling into burning buildings but you don't see me bragging my point being, <laughs> asshole, is <laughs> that we have we have those opportunities. We're just not looking like close enough, long enough for the things to support the ideal you know society that we like to live in. We just have to make those conscious decisions because I've often used open source projects and not contributed back to the person that spends you know yeah. twenty thirty hours unpaid working on it. We can do those things. We can fix those things. We can inspire the the next Zuckerberg esque person I mean, look that at builds. Minecraft. What happened with that? Yeah, Microsoft bought him, and now it's fucked. Well, so... I was referring to the <laughs> fact that some some weeby bearded guy in his basement was like, "I'm gonna make a game that I want to play," and people got really like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And yeah, he made it open sourced for people to get, and then then it went then it went to, "Oh, well, I can sell this." Yeah, and then now even though Minecraft is one of the most like powering like video games for the dis disability community and you know handicap accessible and all that it's and it being a benchmark for other games that have since come out it has it's a it has fallen so far from its it's a money machine glory days there are yeah. Every, there are pockets in our society I, that i want I, let me get this out and then you can have there are pockets <laughs> in our there are some there are pockets in our society that show us the path through the society that we the ideal society that we want to live in we're just not looking long enough and contributing and participating in those pockets to make yeah. them bloom and I blossom that's what both your both of your offspring were trying to say is the notions are there the purity of heart is there you just but call my system, kids offsprings, offsprings? Yeah. that was yes. awesome I, I love that that sounds yeah. so mechanical <laughs> <laughs> well we're all robots take my day. seed woman but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure your children but, appreciate the, that, Andre. <laughs> so at the heart of it, you know, the purity of heart and the desire to make things better for humanity is there, but we may not have the best system to facilitate that growth. The 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 reason it, why it's hard to do the right thing, and I got this on a performance review, and I remember it to this day, 1997 or 1998, the, Andre, the reason... It's hard to do the right thing. It's because it's the right thing. And if it was easier, more people would do it. So you continue to do the right thing. And what do we what do we do about people that believe that they're doing the right thing, and we could objectively, uh, with time and research, yeah, we could kind of point to the fact that maybe this isn't the best thing in the long term. The the answer to that is like decapitation, like. Yeah. Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> the an the answer to that question is like understanding like you have to like you literally have to step down and say, "Hey Matt, you know, I see what you're doing. I believe this is what you're trying to accomplish, but this is the outcome I'm seeing. Is that what your intent was?" Like actually having that conversation. But we shy away from that because it's going to make somebody uncomfortable or we're too coward, you know. We have too much cowardice to actually 
like present that as being uh you know we're to like make that perceived relationship uncomfortable so um it, it's it's like when i talk to you guys or even chris sometimes about things that i'm struggling with i just say like hey i don't i'm not seeing this the right way tell me what i'm seeing right or and however i may phrase it but i'm honest about the fact that i'm unsure i don't have any preconceived notion that you're going to judge me for it i hope that you you genuinely love me and you're going to be like yo this is you know i i can see that he's coming to me with, with a, a genuine heart right now what allows for that is is what you just said there's faith Safe in the space. other person exactly right I think where, where but that's not true because you the, you literally have told you just told me yesterday that sometimes you're not when I talk to you or I've known that you're right. not open to something right sure right but that that's that's allowing okay so I I have faith in you get that I have faith in you to receive that comment in a way that's actually you recognize that it's coming from a good faith. It, it's not that I'm trying to dismantle your character. It's that actually I think that you could grow into a potential that maybe you haven't reached yet. So I think we have, uh, and tying back into Christian's point, is we have set up and coming from a top-down influence is a place where that's not actually encouraged. Um, and podcasting is one of those places where that is heavily encouraged. It's a necessity. It's a, yeah, almost a necessity, right? Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just kind of that's fair. To, I, and to I, add I, on to so then, but I think the question becomes like, what is it about the podcasting format, right? That that dictates that level of engagement, and how do we? Right, like, how do we bring that into our everyday lives? Like, what is it that we're missing? Right, that's that's a good question. I would say almost I I, and we actually just got into this argument, not so much of an argument, but I am not so gung ho about the podcast format in and of itself. I am about the people. So we could have this exact format and have you two people could be dickheads and this go completely differently. There are. Well, for sure, there are, but, but 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 there's also that space there that that something is underlying and connecting us together, and I think that <laughs> is laundry. that is what right. <laughs> but I think that is the fabric that is being torn at uh, in America, so that we don't have that underlying. Okay, but what are we all here to do? Yeah. So uh, even if we disagree on this or that or the the solution or even the problem. What is it that we're here to to do? What is the purpose of our species, our country, you know, family level, the individual? It needs to scale all the way down and all the way back up. Hmm. Um, That's fair. interesting. I, I don't I, I I think that, yeah, then whatever everything I would say after that was would just be semantics. But I think that, you know, one of the, the core things of any strong and good relationship is honesty and communication uh, without a predisposition of judging. Right. Uh, people typically tell you things because they're vulnerable and they are at a, uh, I'd, I'd like to do a semantic thing here. I am not so opposed to judgment, but the condemnation. And I think we need to get get back to judging people, but for the right reasons, not judging in in, in hopes of putting you in a box so that you can't get out of that. We don't want to know the witch trials. And another thing, and another thing that's kind of gotten into our lexicon is like, it'll be like, I'm being vulnerable with you. And I think that it's like almost cliche and it's disorienting because 
We're yeah, human they, beings and we are vulnerable. You're born <laughs> vulnerable. We're always vulnerable. And what I mean by why, why I prioritize that is because these people that are treating us like we're tough, which would be the people that are overworking us, the people that are uh, abusing our environments for political gain, the people that are abusing our minds for financial gain, these people are treating us like we're tougher than we are. We are vulnerable. And, yeah, we do need to be sensitive. Hey, you guys need to stop it because uh, these pharmaceutical ads have actually seeped into our idea of thinking that that's actually a good solution to the detriment of our society. So we have an opioid crisis, for example. Or um, we're vulnerable. So if you tell people that black people are criminals, uh, the black people start to believe that and behave as, as such. It's also a poverty thing, but let's just say yeah. they start to behave as such. And then also people start to be scared of them like they're spiders walking down the street you know and so spiders walk holy shit are you mexican joe i love mexicans we've we not gotten the answer to that question <laughs> i don't think we will i'm pretty i felt like i gave that answer oh i'm sorry that was pretty racist that's racist andre well i'll it tell you it wasn't racist it was it was directly inquisitive on a topic that I find sensitive. Uh, well, if, we're, if we're being emotionally vulnerable to each other, I, I, I will. Okay, so I, I think that people keep saying that um, we, like, and I was getting into this kind of this conversation with your sister, like the way that we change our the definition of words is really weird. And then I started to look into some words that have changed in the last five years, like capping, right? Like cap, like yeah, cap. Yeah, it's so it's actually the now the new definition is lie. It's a lie, right? Huh? Uh, yeah, you didn't know what? that. Oh, yeah. does it look like I hang around anybody that's not you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so like, capping went from like having a one up on somebody to like you know busting a cap on somebody, shooting somebody to now the current definition is a lie. So it goes back to what I feel of like, well. So we can't get to a point where we can kind of, you know, tell people I don't understand what you're saying or have an honest conversation. Yeah. yeah. So communication is an issue. And the second part is like vulnerability is not necessarily a bad thing being, you know, I used to get very, you know, upset when people would, you know, in my community growing up, if you call somebody ignorant, you know, you're about to, you better put the hands up real quick. Yeah. Big words coming from a pussy. Yeah. So (laughs) you were definitely in New York. (laughs) (laughs) So when when I looked at the word in a a different environment where it's like ignorant is like not understanding and you know having some literally ignoring something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a deficiency. That word is not offensive to me. To where before I'd be like, yo put the hands up B like this this is not going to be a thing so we have to get to a point where we can have better conversations as a parent for me I understand and know for a fact my kids are going to see the world differently than I like it's just it's just not even a question but I'm not going to not love my kids because we see something differently so I've had to wrestle through and I'll tell them like look you got to walk me through this because it may not use those words, like yo, I don't we're understand. Not, what you're we're, not, we're not connecting here. What's going on? Yeah, but like I'll say, like yo, I don't get it, yo. You got to help me understand that, and that's okay. But I think we've had we have a better relationship, and I think that when you scale that, if you can scale that, you have a better society, you know. Um, 
I still Absolutely. I still fuck up with my kids. There are times where like, you know, I'm I got my bag and I'm not like letting it go, but I'll come back and be like, yo, I just want to make sure that this is the this is the point I was trying to get across. Did you get that? And then we can move on. Right. I, so maybe it's a sense of connectedness um, because there's an element of okay. So may I'm walking down the street or I'm at the gas station. Somebody says something I don't dis- I don't agree with. There is I have the ability to never see that man again. Now there's something between a father and a son where I'm less likely to make that decision. You know what I mean? So maybe th- there's something there that we need to do between people uh, that allows for that space to be opened back up. But um, right. So we're to where we're more connected, so that it's not as easy as me just walking ro- away and saying, "Oh, that guy's a fucking idiot. I'm never gonna talk to him again or right. whatever." Yeah. Um, and then see him at Starbucks two days later. Like, oh, right. But <laughs> 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 those those, uh, those nicks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Hey, you guys have any other points, Chris? They have tons of points. Are you um, kids? Yeah, I know, right? They, they, I um, love in hearing this. That's why I haven't been talking too much because there's not much to say for me. If we're gonna I'm go much longer, I'm gonna need another bathroom break. Yeah, we're okay. we're gonna wrap it you up. You don't have a piss bucket? No. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your sippy cup? Uh, <laughs> Chris, you're about to make uh, send. Yeah, I just point. I just always like to end because I there is a lot of things working against it. It's possible that it won't work out in our lifetime, um, but. I always, it's like probable, I should maybe say instead of possible. It's probable that none of these issues will be solved, but I do want to say, I always want to end that like there is a hope and it is thing, efforts like this. It is learning uh, individually. It is trying to be the bigger guy when things get hard. It is trying to be a leader in your alone time so that you can be a leader in public uh, in, in the small moments when it's hard. Uh, every little action does have a reciprocal action that continues on. And uh, so keep that spirit and uh, it make like it is like there is uh, people that are trying to convince us that we don't matter as smaller uh, as 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 we are now. Don't believe that and continue to uh, live as such. Maddie, you got anything? Um, One, I'm surprised, uh, Chris, that you don't have a uh, racetrack <laughs> suit. I thought maybe that would just be one of the things you have. Uh, maybe like a Halloween a couple of years ago or something. I could see you being a NASCAR driver. Uh, <laughs> um, so but, it's um, funny that you say that. Uh, oh God! Come on, yo. No, no like when I was, uh, I think it was eighth grade. I had a presentation that I did, and I wore like a full-on like Dale fire Earnhardt. Suit. No, it wasn't Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. It was, but it was my dad's old fire suit because he used to race cars back in the day. Oh, huh. cool. Yeah, no, but on a serious note, uh, to piggyback on Christian's what he just said, uh, we are constantly in a battle between space and time. And so orient um, your space in a manner that's aligned with the highest good that you can um, come up with and understand that the time will allow for the completion of that process um, and we won't be able to see it. But, um, yeah. That was too metaphysical for me. Like I liked it. No, if it was like hot, I would totally listen to him say that in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, All right. Well, 
I am I'm super uh, I, I'm in a humble like dad brag I'm I'm very grateful that I can like talk to my kids about just about anything uh, good bad comfortable uncomfortable and these guys still rock with me so that's dope so um, that's that's awesome to, to do and it's uh, when when you're a parent like when your kids get older like a lot of people like they I, I've seen some of my my daughter's parents or Dar's friends' parents that kind of, you know, lament when their kids move out. But I'm super grateful that, you know, my <laughs> wife... <laughs> no, <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> yeah. I'm super grateful that, you know, like we, in our family, we've been, we still have strong relationships. So that's dope. So I want to publicly say that. Um, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to uh, your, you know, your stepmom. So it means a lot. And I'm sure it means a lot to your mom as well. So it's dope, and I'm proud, and I just want to let you know because you know one one day a pink elephant's going to crush my car, so I want to let you guys know that publicly that you guys are very important to me. Uh, Joe, thanks for hanging out. I saw your daughter like pop in the cut. Yeah, like, they ripped off the trim on, on, on the bathroom door, so I gotta go fix that. Nice. And that's not that's not a, that's not me admitting I'm Mexican <laughs> to do some home improvement. <laughs> another thing really... thank you thank you for having us on for sure that, oh that yeah i mean you guys' perspective is super dope because you know as chris it's... smith will be quick to remind me i'm old um <laughs> old and joe fuck. has started yeah joe I was has like, started... old andre versus new new andres so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it so it's like yeah it's it's um yeah, no, you guys are always welcome. If you ever like, hey, what are you guys doing on, on when you're recording? Want to, you know, just hang out? Definitely let us know. Yeah, yeah, and like Chris was saying, if over time you guys want to kind of reapproach the same ideas and see how we feel about it later, I'm, I would love that. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I need to. Yeah. Get that youth discussion in. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's not a generational. I think one of the things I would say, and I, I echo some of your sentiments on the on media. They try to play this whole generational thing. I don't think it's that big or important. I think it's just a matter of like, yeah, are you listening to what they're saying? They're saying something very specific and you're choosing not to listen to them uh, because it's very easy to forget that when at 45, at one point I was 26, right? At 26, at one point I was 22, right? Um, now my 22 and 26 are a lot different than your 22 and 26, but uh, if you do the math, and it's definitely different from Chris's, what, 35 now? You're 35, Chris? Yeah, we'll call it 35. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> you're, 30, you're 37 now, right? Fuck you. God damn it. I was fine with 35. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why you got to call me out like that? Yeah. I got that baby face. No, dude. Yeah, you wear well. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever. He's 37. Fuck you. So it's important 45. to... Yeah, I can still knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> you want to drive two and a half hours? <laughs> it will be worth it. Yeah, just to prove a point. Bring it. Um, <laughs> 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 I damn it. I'm going to piss my pants if we don't fucking wrap up this episode. Yeah, All let's right. do it. So we're super glad you guys joined <laughs> us today. Uh, if you're watching YouTube, please, please, please go, to, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, tune in. Uh, subscribe to us there. We're trying to really grow this community. And, and the same thing goes if you're listening to us. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, get the notifications. Hopefully Chris Smith gets back into his, his uh, groove here. 
If you have comments, hit us up at comments at chrisandandreshow.com. I'm Andre at chrisandandreshow.com. I'm Chris at chrisandandreshow.com. <laughs> wow. That's what we're Thanks, at. guys. <laughs> As always, thank you for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jerry. Thank you.